Five stars would be awesome if you are a fan of the podcast. And if you are looking for other ways to support, we have a Patreon page, which is a simple way for you to contribute to the creation of all things Gravity Lift. In exchange, you'll receive some fun perks as well as our humble gratitude. And it's really just a way for us to continue creating new and informative content. Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. Well, that was fun. Yeah, I felt like we just encountered a magical creature. She's so sparkly. She is. It's quite intriguing how many similarities there were with her and I. I, know. I was like, are you the female version of my husband? I'm so confused. Yeah, you guys had so much in common. We did. I loved it. Yeah. So Alyssa, Alyssa Marie, um, we just met not too long ago, it feels like, but I, I've been intrigued by her. Um, ever, the first time she gave me a big hug and stared into my eyes and said all these <laughs> wonderful gushing sweet things i was like wow this person thinks i'm pretty awesome and i think she's pretty awesome and i don't even know her and so i was really interested in having her here to spend some more time and chat and it was um exactly what i'd hoped for yeah it really was and mm-hmm. she ended up here very organically mm-hmm. it's one of those things we ended up on a bill together and then uh we needed someone for self-care Sunday and she's the first thing that popped into my mind and yeah, it me too. worked perfectly. And then right after that, you were like, we need to have her on the podcast. I was like, holy shit. Yes, we do. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's like, and then we boom, it was like the, the fastest, easiest booking too. Usually it's like we put it out there and then we have to like figure out the yeah. right date and sometimes ask And change. she was like, no, I'm available right when you need me to be. <laughs> yeah. It's like wham, bam. Thanks universe. Yeah. And thank you, Ase. Yeah, that was really cool to hear more about her DJ name, which we've been saying so wrong, and uh, and learning about her backstory and where she wants to go with all this. And yeah. Alrighty, well, we'll let the the rest of the story speak for itself. Yeah, Ase. Like I've never done anything like this, so bear with me. That was going to be my question: <laughs> is whether you've done anything like this before? Nope. Yay. <laughs> How do you, are you okay with hearing your own voice or does it weird you out? Oh, it's super weird. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was actually, I was joking um, with my friend earlier. I was talking about how I was coming onto this podcast and I have this weird thing that everyone who's close to me kind of knows this about me that I hate talking on the phone. I hate it. It gives me so Mm. much anxiety. I don't know why. I have no idea. Love being social and talking to people in person, but being on the phone i'm just like what like I there's totally... a lot of people like that though yeah. yeah and i trip over my own words and it, i can't have other people in the room with me it's just such, it's, been, it's interesting been like, yeah it's so interesting so, with a podcast luckily like you're just talking to us yes if no one else listens it doesn't matter you yes. don't have to imagine anyone is listening to this. it's just us having a conversation and it's being I recorded it. i love it we're not on the phone yes we're just in person yes yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> when's your birthday? When's your birthday? My birthday is um, August thirteenth, nineteen ninety three. I actually have a weird little thing about my birthday. Um, so born on August thirteenth, eight thirteen. I was born at eight thirteen in the morning. Nice. Um, on Friday the thirteenth, weighing eight pounds thirteen ounces. Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> I know. My mom was like. Yeah, I was just going to ask your sign, but <laughs> yeah. that's all way more interesting. <laughs> Super, I know. And, you know, 13 has just always been such a weird thing for me, kind mm-hmm. of like this, like, phenomenon, like, you know, doing things in increments of 13 when I was young up to things, you know, I mean, even looking at the clock at 813 on mm-hmm. a pretty regular basis. It's just kind of like a... Have you looked up the numerology on those? I have. Two? I, you know, I think I, I've looked up the numerology of like 13, obviously, because it's this now it's known as like this superstitious number mm-hmm. and it's like this bad luck and blah, blah, blah and all these things. But for me, it's been the complete opposite. And in like kind of my reality, it's it's more like my lucky number. Maybe it's you're been, Italian. Yeah. It's, it's lucky in, in Italy. Oh, is it yeah. really? Oh, I'm Norwegian. I'm Norwegian <laughs> and German, but maybe I'm Italian. So a little, a little sprinkled little, in there. A little splash, a little dash. <laughs> I'd believe it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, it was. it's definitely, I definitely couldn't imagine what my parents thought when it was like they were weighing, I guess the weight was the final number and they mm-hmm. were just like, no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> so does that also make you uh, cancer? I'm a Leo. Oh, you're a Leo. Leo. I'm a Leo baby, little lion. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Definitely. Jor- Jordan's a Leo rising. Yeah. Ooh. So you're like just on the cusp of Leo then? Like I think right before. I-, I believe I'm right on the cusp. Yeah, you're right on you're right in between the two. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, would it be no. It would be after. So she wouldn't be cancer. It'd be whatever's after Leo, right? Anyway, whatever. Astrology. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about anyway. Wait, <laughs> July or August? Either. I'm in August. So oh, August. August no, you're right. So you're right. I'm you're right. right. Other end. So yeah. it would be Leo or our, Virgo. Our daughter's a Cancer yes. and hers is oh. what? July... I have Tenth. no idea. 10th. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. So that's why I was like, she's on the other end of that. Yeah, I'm like right on the end spectrum. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Cool. We're both Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Oh my yeah. God. Aquarius is such a common sign in my life. My partners, my older brother, so many people, so many close friends. Aquarius. Well, and all of us are Leo. Leo's yeah. huge for yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we're going to move on to your compound. Yes. And yeah, and I think, yeah, yeah. Just come on over. Come move in. <laughs> that's so crazy. great <laughs> super down yes yeah he just um, found out his co-worker is a leo and it's like of course do you guys get sense. along are you guys close is it yeah i mean i, like I, I just re- i just recently started there like uh under two months ago and so just kind of getting to know him and he's kind of like this crotchety guy sometimes like <laughs> doesn't really talk much and doesn't oh. like to socialize really with other people but for some reason him and i have made a connection and then like uh, I think it was on Friday or something. He dropped his birthday, and I was like, "Oh, he's a Leo." All right, <laughs> yeah, ah. it all kind of ties together. It's interesting that he isn't very social for being a Leo. I think he's I mean, just picky right. about who he's social mm. with because he's very social with you. Oh, I yeah. like that. Yeah, that's good. It's particular. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. I'm wondering, uh, have you ever listened to this podcast? I have. I actually okay. the um, Jade. Jade oh Ray. yeah. Did that uh, make you cry? Oh, I cried. oh, of course it did. <laughs> and that actually was the first time I learned that you guys like had a podcast and and all of that. And so then I went back and I of course listened to more episodes and season. You guys have three seasons. Yeah. This is your third season, right? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. 
I think that's so great. comes out every Thursday. Yes. So we'll drop this one this Thursday. A lot of times they're recorded a few months ahead of time. Yeah. And so sometimes there's things that people can't talk about or that haven't been released yet. So we usually ask people to come up with a safe word. Ooh. So if you have a safe word that you want to throw out at any point in time, then we just know to kind of re- revert the conversation Perfect. to different directions. Should we come up with it now? Yeah. What, How what about be? Bubbles. Oh. Oh my gosh. I think you guys are soulmates. <laughs> You're a glorious bu- individual. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I bubbles. Just, I just love bubbles. Yeah, me too. Oh, like me he too. loves them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I may as well just break the ice in this level, yeah. but like I did acid in college and <laughs> yes. fell in love with bubbles and yes. they're literally the greatest thing in the universe. They really yeah. are. And I resonate <laughs> with you so hard on that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's I I mean, I couldn't, I could not agree more. <laughs> it's, you're one of our rare non-food safe words. Yeah, everybody yes. does a food. Oh, really? Pineapple's no. like 90% of people's. I was like, what makes me feel safe? And I just, I'm at bubbles. Yes. I'm like, I, nice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but if you love bubbles that much, it could come up during kink <laughs> yeah so then maybe it's not that same of a word yes <laughs> i don't know maybe not i do <laughs> who knows 50 50 50 chance does this mean more or does this mean stop i don't know <laughs> nice so i guess let's give a little bit of context on how we even know you yes i don't which, i don't know how I, we know you honestly. i know i know <laughs> It's kind of like a get, uh, yeah. We I, both got booked on a noise complaint Halloween oh, show. Yes. Oh, that's when it was. It yeah. was yeah. just like the dark. Yeah, it was just like completely random. You just got booked, and we just randomly communicated yeah. via that's social great. media. And how long have you been DJing then? So I have been DJing. I would say going on five years now. Okay, five years, and my first show that I got booked for. I mean, performing at a venue in front of my friends, in front of people, (laughs) um, was back in January of 2017. So before that, I was gifted my uh, my first controller, and it was a Tractor S4. Um, And that was gifted to me about three years before my first show. Nice. And um, more or less, I never really imagined myself... I guess DJing, uh, when I first got into it, I just was living with a really good friend of mine, Everett, and him and I were really, uh, actually at the time it was drum and bass and like minimal techno. That was like our thing that we really connected on. He was like very minimal techno. I was very into, you know, drum and bass and, um, but we both, you know, showed each other, you know, vice versa genres and, uh, really got into that whole music thing together and, he was the one that was just like, hey, I'm going to gift you this controller Aww. of mine. And Sweet. Yeah, nice. and he just showed me. He gave me Tractor on my computer, like put his password in, like gave me the program. I was like this little dink that didn't know anything about anything. And he gave this to me and he was like, get your tracks, you know, get, you know, I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to show you how to use this program. Like, I really think you have, you know, a potential to do something with your music taste. And I think that you you know, should try this out. That's great. That's yes. your fairy godmother right there. Yeah, wow. my fairy godmother. I love him so much. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he truly was the one that 
really gave me that first step into the DJ life. And I, I can't, I mean, I, I didn't really know anyone in Seattle. I was very much a newbie and I, I, you know, I was very docile and I didn't really know how to approach the whole thing. So, um, that was a really awesome first step. And I started posting like dorky videos of myself, like DJing with my new controller, like, (laughs) I go back and they'll pop up on my memory thing sometimes and I just I go back and watch and I'm like oh my gosh I might have to to look some of those up oh I totally will send I'll I'll personally message you those videos (laughs) I gotta break down a couple questions uh, a couple things the first one is that like that's basically where this podcast spawned is a similar idea to Facebook memories where like you can go back and listen to or see things that happened previously in your life totally I started doing a a music podcast way back in the day that I recorded and I would do voiceovers of it like in yes. between songs and it was my way of like recording things um but to get back to the story so if you were like a newbie to Seattle yeah. then where are you from so I um I grew up on a farm in Snohomish with my family my mom and dad I was born in Colorado Springs but definitely was raised in Snohomish Lake Stevens area which is Pretty close to here, actually. Yeah, yeah Woodenville. So, like I said earlier, I played. I used to play soccer in Woodenville and stuff like that. So this is kind of like somewhat my stomping ground. Um, so I grew up in a pretty small town. Um, I went I, in between Snohomish and Arlington. It was definitely more of a very different scene than it than it the city is. And um, it actually coming to the city used to give me major anxiety like as a child I'm I wasn't sure, yeah. <laughs> no idea I wasn't used to it I wasn't you know it's not that my parents didn't want to expose me to that we just lived the farm life like we were just out there and the, you know it just um the you know the Seattle scene just wasn't their scene yeah. I think and um you know I'm really grateful for the lifestyle I grew up in but at the same time I also was definitely like really different in the town um, that I lived in and you know everyone was really into country music and and four-wheeling and things like that and you know I definitely don't get me wrong I appreciated it and I loved it but I definitely felt like I was a little bit of an outsider um, I really you know I got into drum and bass when I was really young I was like 13 when I discovered it and I wow. was like oh <laughs> oh yeah like this is this is awesome I was super into you know into like alternative rock metal things like that growing up and I think that kind of drove me into the drum and bass as well kind of like different um I don't know different aspects of all the genres of music um and yeah when I was young, well, I, th- I was 18 years old and I just kind of packed my stuff and moved to the city on my own nice. and uh, my the person Gabe Osa do you guys know Gabe mm-hmm. so he was the one that was just like I kind of like met him through music and the scene he was like he do loves it. drum and bass yeah him yeah him and I connected instantly nice. one of my dear very dear friends he's, he's a good friend awesome. to have mm-hmm. yeah he is absolutely amazing he literally <laughs> so was just sweet. like pack your stuff I have a room in my house wow. move move here do it do it do it and I did and I moved there and I just I kind of like I went for it and kind of all history ever since i started meeting people via you know gabe and wait how did you meet him i met gabe so i started going to usc events Mm -hmm. when i was that uh, around 18 and Mm i think it was like bass nectar at wamu theater in 2010 (laughs) or something like that it was i was young you know young getting into you know the electronic music as well as kind of like pushing away from my um my hometown type of thing just blossoming i Mm -hmm. guess and trying to figure out you know where i wanted to be and what i you know 
what I wanted to do and mm-hmm. how I wanted to break away from my yeah. my hometown. How did you your know? parents feel about all that? Were they supportive or um, were they kind of doing their own thing? You know, honestly, my parents, my parent, I come from such an incredible family. Both my parents are amazing. They've been married for 30 plus years. They're just, they're, you know, they're supportive and amazing, but they're also from a different generation. And so it was a little bit... Um, it wasn't, I mean, it might've been a little bit hard for them to grasp the kind of like lifestyle and the thing I wanted to do, you know, I didn't want to be in a sorority and I didn't want to do that, that thing. And I wasn't a cheerleader and I don't think, you know, there were, there was not, they weren't ever pushing me to be like that, but I kind of think that's like the typical American dream and I wasn't really fitting that image. And, um, I think it, it was just, I think I brought a whole new kind of like perspective and light to I guess their eyes and you know what is is successful and you know you can you know I don't know it's a new generation we can do what we want we can do whatever we want and be successful do you have siblings I do I have did they go similarly kind of off in random directions or did they do more of the traditional my brother my older brother Alvin he is brilliant he is the definition of brilliant um, he is has a, a degree in science of civil engineering from the UW. He is like math, science, matician, just absolutely brilliant, really soft-spoken. He's very conservative. Mm. He's very um, straight edge. He's uh, me and him are very much opposite. <laughs> but I think what we definitely have in common is like that sweet, compassionate side. He's so compassionate and uh, such an incredible man and such an incredible husband. Uh, recently, they just had him and his wife uh, just had a baby, uh, little McCartney, and just seeing him grow into a father, he's just he's the gent- most gentle, sweet man mm. that you know probably I've ever met. So. Nice. Yeah, so he definitely went with the more traditional side, but we're still, yeah, we're still the same. Nice. <laughs> so if, if your brother is kind of the more conservative side, my guess is he doesn't have any tattoos. Oh. And you're over here with multiple tattoos on both arms. Oh, absolutely. Do you have a, any story or like origin that you want to share behind any of those? Or like, are they absolutely. drunken impulses? Or no, are they not planned out? Yeah, they don't look not like Not at it. all. <laughs> so, um, Basically, a lot of this has to do, so if you can see, like, my numerals of my 13, this started out as, like, a 13 kind of, um, I guess, symbolic uh, sleeve. And actually, this top part right here, if you can see, um, I got that done in Cambodia, actually, recently, last year. And the story behind this is, uh, basically, I met these two kids on this local bus traveling in Thailand and I saw a fresh tattoo on, on the boy's arm and it was the inside of his arm and it was the most beautiful, intricate, gorgeous tattoo. I was just like, where did you get that? That you had to have gotten this in like Southeast Asia somewhere. I have time to travel. Where did you get that? And, um, he was just like, I met this incredible girl in Cambodia Um, She basically is, she fled her country from the violence. She Mm. was like 20 years old. Her parents like sent her away and she came and she she literally is making money off of her art in the streets of Cambodia as like a tattoo artist. And she had the most incredible background story. She just, I mean, anyways, I'm going a little ahead of myself. So I met this guy. He told me about this girl and her art and I actually traveled to Cambodia and I met her. I was only planning on staying in Cambodia for a week, and I I spent my full 30-day visa there meeting this girl. This girl 
was amazing. Her story, her background, her strength, and her art. I mean, yeah, just it's a beautiful, pro- absolute prodigy. We just we built this tattoo together, and she she put it on my arm, and I stayed there for it, and I waited for it, and she, um, I don't know, she just really made me realize how minuscule my problems mm-hmm. are. Yeah, you know? beautiful. So it's a girl, yes. or a woman with like a. A like, wolf yes. on like top? Yes, a headdress, like so, a wolf headdress. Yeah. yeah, so this is supposed to be kind of like a Nordic, kind of like my mm-hmm. Nordic, um, I don't know, I wouldn't say like um, ancestry, but in a way like ancestry, she's Some like heritage, kind of like yeah. my hair, yeah, like my heritage, like kind of like a symbolic like warrior, yeah. you know, Nordic Scandinavian woman. And that dog, it's, it's a little, it's a black wolf, as you can see, and my dog, Pippi. Her name's Pippi. She's a little black, my little black wolf. She's a German Spitz. So she's um, basically like a mini wolf. She just sends straight from the wolf family. Pictures. Any pictures before you go of that? Oh, I would love to. I have (laughs) so many, of course. (laughs) But yeah, this is kind of like our warrior-esque kind of version. And um, yeah, she did a great job. I was really happy. It's great to support her too and, and her life and what she was doing. She's just... Yeah, an incredible woman for her age and what she's been through. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, Nell and I are both dying to get new tattoos. Yeah, and it's just more, yeah. the yeah. process of understanding who to go to and what to actually get is just like so daunting. Absolutely, she has several of them. I have one, but we both want like a big piece, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Totally. Do you guys have um, where are your guys's current tattoos now? Do you have any big pieces now, or is no, that going to be your mine first? Are, yeah, mine are all little steps yeah. here and there. And yeah, just little ones. Mm-hmm. How do you guys do with the pain? Are you guys like? It's okay. Yeah, yeah, I do pretty well. But cool. again, I don't have any like big chunks. So I, I do think the, <laughs> the endurance of yeah. the pain is, yeah. is a tricky thing. But I mean, we both meditate. So I feel like we'll yeah. probably do fine. Totally. You know? mine's, yeah. mine's across my ribs. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I know that's a super sensitive place anyway. Yeah. So I think I'd be fine. You're like, it's golden. I did yeah. one on my Achilles tendon. And the, <gasps> the tattoo artist was like, you know this is gonna be like the most painful place on your body and i was like it'll be fine you're like it's okay (laughs) it was like the the, it was just like hitting bone Bone. yeah a little bit of vibrating going on it was pretty intense but (laughs) but i but i like it It yeah i just close when i get to a point i just close my eyes and i'm like you're a badass yeah (laughs) just do your affirmations yep you are a warrior You're, wolf yes. woman <laughs> yes. from the Nordic. Yes. <laughs> yes. You are a savage. Yes. Spot on. Yeah. yeah. Have you done anything like 23andMe to figure out your heritage or is it just kind of your family knows quite well? Oh, my. Yeah, my dad. So my father is like super obsessed with nice. that type of thing. So, um, yeah, my dad has done the whole heritage, everything he has like. This like book he's printed out and he's like nice. given a copy to me and my my brother and I nice. and he's like read you know Bob you know he's really into it he really is he likes it a lot and um my brother so my brother's name he's Albin uh, Albin Lee Hovde and he is the thirty second generation wow in our family so goes back Albin Albin album out i mean every boy in my family that i you know in that direct descent wow. is albin so so your dad's name is albin too oh yeah <laughs> wow grandpa al all of that it goes i mean it goes back if you think back like 32 generations what is that that's I've a long tried, ways i've tried to crazy. do the math before. so far yeah i do a quick little google search yeah, yeah, do, yeah, do he's, he's a math search. guy 
Um, so does yeah. that mean you or your brother, definitely, if you have a boy, it has to be an Albin? Or are you kind of like, oh, that was your thing? Well, you know, so my brother just had their first, so they just had their first baby, and she's named McCartney. And um, we've kind of asked before, like when McCartney, mm-hmm. we, before we knew she was a girl, we're like, oh, are you going to name her, you know, name yeah. her Albin? And it was, I didn't, you know, it wasn't really a firm answer, but... I don't know. It's like pressure's on. Right. You know, like 32 generations can't give that up, you know? I kind of agree. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like I, if it was like a few, then I'd yeah. be like, whatever, name it whatever you want. But at yeah. this point, yeah. I would understand if it was like, I mean, Albin's a very unique name, but yeah. if it's like maybe like a really bizarre name or something, I don't know. I feel, I feel like either way, anyway, I would, pro- I would probably do it because of okay. like my family's yeah. like, you know, like if Albin doesn't have a boy or if he doesn't, you know, if he doesn't have a boy and I have a child and it's a boy, like it's up I'll to definitely you. name him Albin, yeah. you know. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It's like over a thousand years. Yeah. It's like a million years. <laughs> It's like 1.8 billion years. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like very necessary. A billion like, years ago, yeah. there was an Albin. Albin, you have to be born. Yeah. So Albin crazy. was an amoeba. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I would definitely continue the. the so, do you thing. still visit up this way fairly often, or are you pretty yeah. Seattle based now? No, I, I'm really close with my family. I'm really close with my parents. And so I, yeah, I come up here all the time. Arlington. Okay. Go up to Arlington. My parents just moved into like their little retirement home, which was actually my grandma's, my granny's old home. So there it's like my parents like moved into, it's like the next generation moving into that Mm, house. So they're like remodeling and doing all their thing and making it their own place. So I try to go up there and then my brother Albin and um, his wife and his um, and their daughter McCartney. I try to come up also often to see them, and they live in Snohomish. So, yeah, I do. I come up this way pretty often. I love it. I like it up here a lot. I yeah. miss it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a good break because Seattle life and DJ life and nightlife can be yeah. exhausting. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> Tell me about it. That's part of why we do that self-care Sunday. Mm-hmm. And when we were trying to figure out who we wanted to play it, we we're just yes. going through ideas. And I didn't know like, anything oh. about you, yeah. but I was like, yep. Thank you. <laughs> I, I was like, let's do Alyssa. Oh, and him and John were both like, yeah, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that so yeah. much. I had so much fun that day. And yeah, it's funny. I invited a friend that I hadn't seen since high school. You guys, oh, wow. like I had not seen and her and I like, we're really Raquel, her and I were really close in high school. We, you know, we had all these funny memories of like first times together and stuff like that. And when I got out there, she like ran up to me and she's like, You invited me on Facebook and here I am. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like yeah. I cannot believe this. And it was just like yesterday I felt like I had seen her. So yeah, that Sunday that was a really cool really cool event i hope we do more of those oh yeah I like, it, it'll keep going yeah that location too that was just gorgeous yeah we, we like being able to do stuff outdoors and have fun events because in summer we have such a limited window here in washington mm-hmm. of when the perfect weather is yeah like even, even we we're talking about it like with festivals and stuff like even june is risky at times oh yeah. totally it's raining right now outside yeah. like. washington is risky mm-hmm. it's like that's like the death definition if you don't like mm-hmm. the weather wait 10 minutes yeah <laughs> But it can be the most amazing place ever. Yeah. Oh, it's I wouldn't I wouldn't live anywhere else in the United States, I don't think. Like if I 
I don't think I could move anywhere here. If I were to move, it'd be outside of the country because Washington is the best to me. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about if we would live anywhere else, number one would be Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yes. You mentioned that you're from Colorado. Yes. So. Uh, yeah. Yes. yeah, we yep. looked at there a lot. It's so, good vibes. Yeah, it's beautiful there too. I, um, Colorado, where in Colorado did you guys go? to boulder and denver and estes park nice and yeah i think boulder would be my pick if we were gonna live somewhere definitely i loved it yeah i um i haven't been back since we moved there when i was a child but my mom growing up always was uh like i love colorado i love the weather i love it there i love it there so i and I also have a lot of friends that I've met, like at Burning Man and stuff, mm-hmm. who live in Colorado that I'm dying to go see. So yeah, it'd be really great to go back there. Nice. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like you've done some international travel. Do you have yes. that wanderlust bug about you? Or oh, 100%. Mm-hmm. Once you, it's like once you get that taste, and once you go, um, you just it doesn't really ever stop. I feel, and um, you know, growing up, I I wouldn't say that I was sheltered. Uh, definitely not sheltered. I just, I, I never really had that, you know, big opportunity to travel internationally. Both my parents worked a lot and, you know, it was just kind of that way. That's the way it was growing up. And so, um, you know, I always thought traveling internationally was like this big dream that, you know, it was this thing you saw on TV and this Mm -hmm. and that. And a couple of years ago, I just, I had this realization and it was like, life is what you make it. Like you, you can do this and you can figure out a way to do this. And I actually remember that very, very moment. I decided 100% I was going to buy a one-way ticket out of the country. I was going to quit my job. I was going to, you know, figure it out. I was just going to buy the ticket and life was going to figure itself out from there. And I, 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 of course, I was in tears. I was freaked out. I was like trying to write down all of my financial, you know, things. And it's just... I don't know. I, I'll never forget that moment. It was really invigorating. And I went and I, I bought a plane ticket and it was the best decision I ever made. It truly was. How old were you? Um, This was, I was 23. I was 23. Oh, that's young too to do yeah. that. Whoa. And then I, yeah, went when I was 24 and traveled Southeast Asia, started in Japan actually, and then uh, did Thailand and went and got uh, my diving certification. Uh, well, I start. I got all the way up to my advanced, and going to Thailand actually, or do, going over to do that, I didn't actually know how to swim very well. <laughs> so, dive, scuba diving was like this huge kind of like fear conquering thing that I went through, and that was super awesome. I got through it, and I it seriously was the best thing I've ever done. I love the water now. It was very, you know, it's just like this like conquering moment. Mm-hmm. Like, no, this isn't a fear anymore. Fear is the mind killer. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, I went to Thailand, Malaysia, Cambodia, which is where I got that tattoo, and then Vietnam. And it was just, it. I mean, every, it's very cliche, I feel like, to be like, oh, it was life-changing, but oh my God. No, oh, yeah. It was life-changing. life-changing. Yeah, I just, all of, all of the things that I used to, you know, get upset about or think that, you know, was ruining my life or things are, you know, difficult, I can flash back to moments there where I'm just like oh no 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 <laughs> yeah things are okay I'm okay and I'm gonna be okay and you know life will always go on and we'll figure this out one's well, just really starting to comprehend maybe like tiniest bit of just how big the world is because when yeah. you grow up in a small town and you know like same thing for us like that just the ideas of 
going to Canada one day just seemed like such a big deal to me. I was like, whoa. I remember I went with a boyfriend when I was like 19 and I was so excited. I was like, we're going to Canada. Yeah, like this is Like huge. that's another country. <laughs> yeah, it right? is And though. so, the, yeah, when you finally go even further and you take a giant plane ride to Asia and you're like, oh, no, this is, yeah. this world is huge. It's, and it, that feeling of, of, feeling small mm-hmm. like you're like I, this is a big world and i am a small girl mm-hmm. like oh my gosh it's it's at the same it at first it can be scary but then it gets to this point where you're just like this is so relieving like yeah i am so small like this is okay i'm okay like i definitely had uh moments like that like especially in vietnam i'd got a motorcycle riding a motorcycle and riding through the back countries and riding through different villages and and going through different moments where you're just like I am just it's not necessarily like you're a nobody like it's it's nothing like that but it's like you said it's just your very small feeling Mm. and you're just kind of like a fly on the wall at the moment yeah I think that's something we have started to lose in the last generation or so with the amount of light pollution we have yeah and it can be nice to be from a small town uh, out here where you can still see some stuff but the deeper you get into the city the less you can see and so I think we're starting to lose that feeling of being small yeah, at times totally we feel like we're important we have this social media presence we can do all these things and be this person but I think it is important sometimes to just keep that realization of how small you really are and Absolutely. going to a different place kind of like if especially if you don't know the language mm-hmm. you're like how do I survive how do I communicate were you traveling solo that whole time too? No, no. Oh, okay. I, I was so like, that's I was, so crazy. No, <laughs> there was actually there. It was really great. So I had um, Jacob along there the whole way, and I also met with. I had friends. We had friends come and meet us along the way oh, as nice. well. Got to dive with one of my best friends, Chelsea, and her boyfriend, Kevin. Um, and Chelsea is a dive master. Jake is a dive master. And then Kevin and I were kind of like the newbies. And our, along with our friend, you know, uh, a couple of our other friends as well, Sam and Dan. Uh, so we all kind of did this diving adventure together. I actually lived on a boat, like a liveaboard. And it was like a diving liveaboard where you would dive four times a day. <laughs> you would love that. Like four times a day yeah it was like and and you were like eight hours in the middle of the ocean like at some of the craziest diving points in in the world and it was just there was points where i was like how did i get here like i didn't know how to swim like this is this is crazy but it was but yeah that was a really big highlight was having our friends come out meet us do the diving you know do the diving do the live aboard kind of live this island life it feels really surreal Mm -hmm. when it's like all of your family and your roommates that you live with back home Mm -hmm. you come and you meet each other and you're like we're in this like tropical that probably helped the transition when you came back because i would think it would be really hard to come back to like the default world and so i think that you had since you had that consistency of people come back with you did that make it a little bit of a softer blow when you got back home definitely yeah there was a lot you know if I'm being completely honest there was a lot of things that made it really great to come home but also really difficult to come home to you know being gone for four months there's a lot of things that can happen in that time and you know there was a lot of things that happened in that time and it you know it, it did make it hard to come back but at the same time when you're coming back, you kind of have a little bit different, I, a little bit more of like a different, I guess, perspective or a different 
my goals were different. What I wanted to do when I came back was different, you know, people's opinions or, you know, that type of thing, or like this, I guess the scene I had broken away from like the music scene, I say in quotations and, um, you know, coming back, it, I just had a different kind of idea of what I wanted to do with everything. Mm -hmm. And since then I've, you know, I felt like a lot, you know, I feel a lot more happy. I feel internally happy. I'm really happy about the choices and kind of the lifestyle that I've chosen since I've come back. And it's just, it's been really great. I think it was, there's a lot of ups, pros and cons, right? Mm -hmm. Like everything. What would you say are the major changes that it inspired? Like any, any like specific takeaways or just a general way of being? Oh, totally. I like, if I, you know, thinking back to what I, what, I guess like who I was before I took that trip, I was definitely a lot more spoiled and self-centered and just kind of not a brat, but like I look back at some of my things that I would just, you know, the things that were so important to me and the things that, you know, would change my day or me, you know, put me in this certain mood. It's just, it is so different now. I Mm -hmm. just, my, my perspective on those, on those situations and on, you know, those um, subjects, I just, it's kind of changed. It, it's definitely more positive. Mm-hmm. I have like a lot more, I have a lot more patience. A lot of things when you're traveling, oh my gosh, <laughs> people are like, oh, you were on vacation for four months. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh gosh. Traveling and vacation are two very different so, things. Oh, very different. Yeah. I mean, there was times I, you know, there are a lot of trialing times. There's mm-hmm. times where I cried and I wanted my mommy. Like that's, I'm not even kidding. In the mm-hmm. beginning, a couple times at the beginning of the trip, I was just, you know, you bring your, you know, there's points where you're just like, what, what is going on? This is hard. Yeah. Like this is, I don't, this is, I don't really know how to explain it. It's traveling is very different from a vacation for sure. Yeah, I'm not very good at that. We've talked about this many <laughs> times, but I like traveling. So I like going places. Like when you we went to New Zealand. You have improved so much yeah. from when we first started traveling together. I just, like, just want to like do all the day. things and go all the places. Yes, and yes. Like, yes. I want to stay in a new place every night. Yeah. Like, I want to see something new. Yes, And then course. you realize how exhausting yeah. that is. Oh, my God. <laughs> God, finding those buses and yeah. the traveling and getting to the next place and packing your stuff and hauling all your shit on your back and yeah trying to you know navigate your way where have you guys if, if you don't mind me asking where is where are your travel well we should we should have our map down here we have a scratch off oh, yeah. map oh that i love we're that working That's awesome. through together um so the the first place first we traveled go. to together was to peru yeah um, Ooh. so we went to peru oh, and did the whole sacred valley machu Picchu. Oh, oh, thing. Gosh. Yeah. yeah, probably amazing. It was, it was great. Epic. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's like very epic. high on my list. South yeah. America's next for me. Definitely. I've gone twice and I, I'm totally down to go back. It was really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I love places like that where you're like, there's so many places to, tra- to travel, but mm-hmm. I'll be back yeah. here for sure. And then we've been to Bali twice. Ooh. We definitely want to go. We went to Panama on the way home from Peru. Yeah, so we Panama was there. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Bali twice. We definitely mm. want to do all of like Southeast Asia yeah. sometime. That's, oh we haven't done that's any That's pretty of that. high on our list. You and guys, it's amazing. That and Australia, I think, would be the two highest on my list. Awesome. Um, but then we did New Zealand. Yeah. Oh. And so we did two and a half weeks in New Zealand. And I proposed to her there. And we oh traveled gosh. all the way from the very northern tip 
all the way down to not the southern tip, but in the south, the South Island. And so we kind of did several weeks of exploring, but it was like we said, a lot of like it was not so staying in the same though. place. Yeah. It was so fun. Oh, I yeah. Bet. It was we did adventure. a lot of, like Whitewater River rafting and we did a yoga festival down there and uh what else did we do? We swam awesome. in the Bay of Islands. Mm-hmm. And, I love that. I love that. It's pretty sweet. And then we've done a lot of the places we go are for work. So, you know, we've actually Colorado is just because we wanted to go to Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, But we've, you know, we've traveled to North Carolina and Burning Man and Florida and California all for work stuff. I forgot about Florida. Yeah. Is it like for the gravity lift? Gravity project? lift, yeah. So oh, for yoga, awesome. basically, yeah, to teach. Oh, that's so yeah. Like amazing. Florida, we taught at Dirty Bird Camp Out. Yeah. So what? <laughs> oh, I bet that was sweet. so much fun. It's a blast. Yeah. It's a really fun festival. And then we've taught at yoga festivals. Like we've been to Whistler. We'll be back at Whistler <laughs> this summer for Whistler. Wanderlust and. We've definitely gone some pretty cool places. And and like I said, for a while there, they were pretty work focused because for us, that's how we can afford it is, is we, you know, at least get them to pay for part of it or to get us there or exactly. we can write off the travel or whatever way we can maneuver it. Um, but I would say one of the few trips that we're taking uh, this summer yes. before that purely for what we went to tulum as oh we well. did go to tulum oh. that was back in november that was oh for i a thought festival. that was amazing yeah it tulum's, was beautiful. tulum's gorgeous yeah yeah uh, it was it's beautiful a, it's a beautiful place uh I could talk about that for a while yes. in positive and negative ways. Yeah, there was some <laughs> stuff that surprised but, us, but yeah, but like anywhere in general, like the Caribbean and whatnot, that's gorgeous. But the reason I bring that up is for what she was about to talk about. Is oh, go for it, and lady. We're going to the UK uh, in August for a one-year <gasps> wedding anniversary slash honeymoon because we didn't go on a honeymoon. Oh, well deserved then. And it's kind of tying lots of different loose ends. Uh, I did my ancestry.com or my um, 23andMe yeah, genetic yeah. stuff, and I'm uh, like 62% British. Oh my gosh! And so it's like super. Both my parents are British, so I was like, I want to go explore that heritage, of course. Because then to take another leap back. Uh, Right before we got married last July, we went to uh, Italy and France. Oh my gosh. And she's 100% Italian. Yeah. <sighs> so I we love explored it. France for a couple of days and then went to Italy and went kind of from the center of Italy up a little bit north up into Rome. So that was more Fantastic. travel that we did. Yeah. That one was nice because that was just. That was that was just vacation. Yeah, yeah. So like the the beauty. Our first like three trips were all work, and they work. were international work trips. Mm-hmm. Lots of craziness. Oh, I couldn't imagine. And then the last one was kind of a lot more chill mm-hmm. in, uh, or not the last one, but when we were in Italy, and then this next one, when we were, God, I went too many places. Sorry. When we were in Tulum, we were on our way to Tulum. Yes. We were in an airport in Dallas and they were like we've got vouchers for anyone who wants to give up their spot on this seat or their their seat on this flight. Yes. And we were like, "Well, I mean, we could like We're not in a huge <laughs> rush. Not a huge rush. It'd be yeah. nice to get there. We yeah. have some plans, yeah. but like we could we could miss a f- uh, few and hours in Tulum." And there were people who were looking really upset. Like they couldn't they they were like really upset about getting bumped. And yeah. so we're like, "Oh, you know, so if it makes ho- them happy." Yeah. Oh, they hop on the microphone yourself. and they're like, "So each ticket like we'll give you a $650 voucher." Each. What? And you yeah. just and you just fly like 
six hours later. What? <laughs> we were like, serious? we'll oh, take two. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take five, actually. <laughs> yeah. And then one of the, the couple that was like super distraught, he like stuffs like 60 bucks in our hands and he's like, go have dinner. And he's like, thank no you so way. much. We were like, he was shit. like, you have no idea how much this means. And like, <laughs> oh yeah, his, his wife or whatever she was, she was like, can I kiss you? And <laughs> we were like, no, no, but thank you. <laughs> we are like, no, but I appreciate you. <laughs> That's and so, so sweet, you guys. We ended up using those vouchers, and it's costing us ten dollars to fly to Europe. No, <laughs> no way. Which is awesome. No way. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going oh. end of August. Oh, and that's so great. We you timed guys. it perfectly to go to Creamfields, UK. <gasps> Wait, so what is Creamfields? So, what am I missing? What am I you missing? You know what EDC is, right? Of course. Of so course. Creamfields is like the UK version of EDC. Oh, like what? not not that they really uh, are relevant anymore, but like yes. Swedish House Mafia is playing a comeback show. No like eric prids is doing an eric prids show anna serez d show like wow so it's it's like an edc status four-day camping festival oh you guys are you guys going for all four days uh we're just gonna go for three i think nice. we'll skip the first day we've yeah. done so many festivals yeah. over the years <laughs> yeah. like they're exhausting yeah. yeah and this is like it's like, at the beginning of the trip too so we're also we'll, in we'll this mindset of like we want small boutique mm-hmm. vibe festivals absolutely we don't want large corporate of course stuff i totally understand but but an international one, one that i've yeah. always wanted to go to it's cool to go experience an international festival yeah and just like it's always just so intriguing when you see a lineup with like 150 DJs that are all like the top of the top tier DJs. Yeah, of course. So I'm like, I really kind of just want to go. Yeah, gotta go check it out. Yeah. If you're there, if the shoe fits, you right. know, fuck it. And yeah, it worked out perfectly. <laughs> and part of the reason we decided to move it was because John and Mark with Noise Complaint hit yeah. us up and they were like, hey, so we want you to be a resident. With noise complaint. Yeah, which congratulations. Thank you. So exciting. I, it really is. <laughs> and they were like, well, we're going to announce it on August 9th. Or we're going to like have the show on August 9th or whatever it is. August 11th. Yeah, yeah. We were like, we're going to be out of town. Like, no. Yeah. And so we were scrambling just trying to see what We hadn't work. bought the airfare yet. We were, oh, like, cool. we were like about to, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so, yeah. And then we kind of tried to figure out a few more things and then noticed that someone posted a lineup to Creamfields like two days later with like everyone and their mom playing Creamfields. Of course. And so I was like, ooh, that would be really interesting. Like, just looked up the date and it was two weeks later than when we were supposed to be there. And I was like, okay, maybe we go to Creamfields. (laughs) And so it worked out perfectly to change our flight. And so now I can do that kind of whatever inaugural show the universe works in your way right Mm -hmm. really does works its ways yeah it's it's pretty fantastic (laughs) yeah it's awesome you guys congratulations anniversary honeymoon maybe baby moon yeah lots of things to say yeah yeah oh i'm sending all of my good vibes to you guys (laughs) i will And then, Ah. gosh, I guess we'll just spam all the stuff we've got going on. Yeah, tell uh, me. Tell me everything. (laughs) We we might have to push it out. We'll see, depending on how things go. It's on the travel note, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We uh, have a retreat scheduled in Tobago, like (gasps) Trinidad and Tobago, like the Caribbean. What? So the bioluminescent water. No way. Yeah, that's supposed to be end of February, but... We might have to bump it out a little bit, yeah, timing yeah. wise. Um, but it's a retreat that we've had planned for a while with our friend Patty, who's also a teacher, and she's really 
skilled in planning retreats and does several a year in all different places and she sent us this spot and we were like uh yeah yeah that's so <laughs> amazing yeah so that one will be really so cool. trinidad so that's down on the on the caribbean yeah. right yeah. yeah wow oh my god that would be absolutely incredible and it would be a yoga retreat music retreat like, we call it more of a vacation nice. that has some yoga sprinkled in so awesome. um we when we do yoga intensives we 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 pitch it a little differently that's for people who are either want to become teachers or already are teachers if we're doing like a training or something and those are that's a lot of yoga but i would say for something like this we want to try to attract people who just want to go travel and meet people and explore and there will be the mindfulness in the traveling and there will be yoga options but it won't be like you have to come and be in a yoga space because we've gone to yoga intensives in beautiful places and you're literally doing yoga like eight hours a day and you're like why did i leave to come do this Mm -hmm. when i want to like go see things and do things and um so i think we've been pretty mindful about that like if we're going to go somewhere really cool we don't want it to be all about yoga Absolutely. Absolutely. I went to one yoga retreat. um, I think it was three years ago in uh, back in Mexico. And it was uh, put on by Yo-Yo Yoga. You guys know them? Yeah. Super amazing. So much fun. Fun. So beautiful. There were yoga classes and there were, you know, there was yoga options like two to three times a day. Mm -hmm. But you weren't like judged if you didn't show up. Yeah. You know, you weren't like it wasn't like a contest or it didn't feel anything like that. And that was the one yoga retreat I've ever been on. And I just I had such a great time. And um, Annie was the one who put it on. Do you guys know Annie? Yeah. Um, And yeah, they just did a fabulous job. And I there were a couple mornings where, you know, we stayed up the night before on the beach and, you know, had some fun and waking up the next day it's like you know they're like not ex- you know it's you're not expected to do anything yeah other than enjoy yourself. that's how ours is too like we'll yeah. have different uh sightseeing things you can go do cool. or different activities in the water and it's the same thing it's yeah, sort of a yeah. choose your own adventure but i think a lot of people are um nervous about traveling internationally and so at least totally. all the logistics will be taken care of so that you can choose to go do these things and we'll have it already prearranged for you or you can say hey i'm a pro at this i want to use this free time in the middle of the day to just go do my thing yeah. and, and so there's a loose enough schedule that people can kind of make yeah. it make it their way totally best yeah. of both worlds yeah it also allows you to kind of do it similar to how you mentioned like yeah you're going for a week and a half versus four and a half months um but that idea of being able to go down with people that you either know or are now your friends uh and kind of have that like home coming with you mm-hmm. instead of feeling like you're just traveling totally solo and then the yoga also helps ground you in some ways absolutely so if you're going to this other place you're like like me, I want to go do all the things. Yes. I want to go <laughs> get up early and stay up late and try to do everything I can in the short amount of time I have here. Yeah. The yoga kind of helps you like have a home base. Yes. Find a mindfulness practice, like be there in the space, enjoying the moment. And at least for me, that's super necessary. Absolutely. Absolutely. So how has yoga been a thing for you? Is it mostly just for that retreat or has it been kind of a running theme for you? Um, yoga is, has on it, to be completely honest, it hasn't been like a consistent running theme for me. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I enjoy it so much, it, every time I do it, it makes me feel so wonderful. Um, I feel like a lot of my out time, outside time free time is spent with music and 
music has always kind of been that kind I guess that's more of like an escape for me and I love you know exercising is great I love going on walks and runs and you know being active and and that type of thing but music for me is like has been definitely a lot more of my free time rather than like yoga mm-hmm. or in I feel like music is my yoga in a way yeah it's your flow state it's your like meditation like, yeah, yeah definitely de- definitely meditation absolutely yeah. since I was a child it's always been kind of my my escape yeah and is that mostly meditation. on the DJ end or have you started producing it all yeah I actually I so I have had Ableton okay I guess I'll rewind like which all the way back. <laughs> so um, the first instrument, I, I first introduction instrument I learned how to play was piano. When I was a child, I was six. My mom put me in like four years of piano lessons or something along the sort, three to four years of piano lessons. And I learned how to read music and had recitals and did all of that type of thing. Really, really enjoyed it. And um, started collecting music and started collecting cassettes and CDs. And I had this crazy collection of CDs. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> this crazy collection of CDs when I was a kid, like at like nine and 10 years old, I had hundreds of CDs stacked in my room. And I was a little bit of an introvert. And I kind of would just like sit in my room <laughs> and like with my CD player and I would just listen to music on my bed. And my parents would come up and be like, hey, you know, are you okay? What's going on? <laughs> you know? And I was so content and happy just listening to music in my bedroom by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It was just, um, you know, I like, I spent a lot of my free time doing that besides snowboarding and, you know, soccer and volleyball sports and stuff like that. Music was definitely music by myself in my room was my, my jam. And so mm-hmm. I collected a lot of music and Actually, everywhere we would go and drive and stuff like that, I would have my hundreds of CDs. I'm not kidding you. Like, you, my mom will vouch this for me. She'll, like, laugh and and completely say 100% the same thing. I would have these hundred packs of CDs that I would carry, like, three of them with me. Wow. <laughs> and I would, like, carry them with me every if we had to go to the grocery store if we had a road trip going to granny's house like i had like 300 cds on me at all time like with my cd player like always had my headphones and always plugged in it's just it, my parents were just like this is so strange like is this normal and i just i was super into it i loved music that's what i i always wanted to listen to it i was always doing something with it and then kind of just got, intru- you know, the electronic music scene started coming. Mm-hmm. And that was probably when I was like 13, 14 and started getting into that. Found drum and bass, found, you know, I think Daft Punk was one of my first electronic yeah. introductions. I was like, oh, what is this amazing music? I love this. And uh, I think that's like when things kind of started to switch over to, you know, downloading things on your computer and you know, the good old LimeWire days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I just always had this like mass collection of music and, and, um, speaking uh-oh. of music. Uh oh, speaking of music. <laughs> That's all right. Uh oh. You got a phone call going no, on no. here. I'm so sorry. No, you're totally fine. <laughs> I am so Perfect. sorry. I, totally I was going to have you adjust your that. mic anyway, so pull your mic more I got that it. way. Perfect. Yes. More this way. We'll sit how you want to sit. Absolutely. Because I noticed oh, you're pretty so turned. Oh, oh, don't it's my mom calling Aww. me, of course. Sorry, mom. Love you. There you go. <laughs> She's going to listen to this and she'll laugh because yeah. she'll know that it was her calling Perfect. me. Perfect. Hi, mom. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Call you back after this. Okay. So I have a question about all these, all these CDs. So yes, yes. Do you have like a top five that you would say out of like all those CDs that are that are 
like my fave the, yeah the top oh, yeah. what are your top five? Oh yeah oh my gosh so my my most memorable and my top five of those cd that cd selection um do you guys remember eiffel 65 oh my <laughs> god i was waiting for was, do you do you uh, do you remember oh how god, do you, you remember your soulmate god damn it. i think no that way. you are the Who female are version of jordan Am I and that, no way that cd was so banger uh, i was like when you were talking about your like daft, daft punk and your influence i was like oh well, yeah eiffel 65 was gonna be I, mine oh my wow. god my brother and i listened to that cd on repeat Dude. i could like you should living play, in a bubble like, before she like, leaves <laughs> you should play that one bubbles not reality yeah yeah Yes. You should play that one remix that you found of it. Though. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. The fact that you said bubble. Yeah. That, that's your safe word. He played. Oh, he played. Oh, a, oh God. Dude. He played a version of it at a show sometime in the last year. And oh, my God, the people that like, geeked out. Oh, when he dropped oh uh, it was at APOG last year. And I yeah. dropped a blue edit. Oh, and it was fantastic. People, oh, I yeah. bet people it's lost so their good. mind. Yeah. Lost their mind. Yeah. I was 65 was my first CD. Dude, me, one of my first CDs. That's so good. He one got it at a gas station. on What? No. No, that was, that was Gorillas. Oh, Gorillas. Oh, gorillas, too. I, I got it yeah, mixed up. Gorillas yeah. was good. Yeah. But no, yeah, iPhone 65 was way before that, even. Yeah. Just to get random, you have to watch the yes. documentary yes. on that. Wait, so, on iPhone 65? Yes. So there's like a Vice 10 minute long documentary so about good. the making of Blue. No way. It's so good. Yeah. Wait, because what, what is it? What is it? Right? <laughs> is We're not going to tell you any spoilers. Okay, don't you just tell have me to watch yeah, it. Don't tell me but anything. I'll there's these I, Italian I can't guys that did it. There is nothing. Like, it's just <laughs> words. But that's what's so great. Oh, that one. It's like, it. it's what makes it actually... Yeah. Actually, I don't want to even look. The the history of Eiffel sixty five, like their their tracks, and if you listen to like the meaning of that CD and like what it is, so, they're yeah they're known as like devil worshippers, and it's like living. Have you heard the song? <laughs> you know, I, I don't even I don't know if I should be saying this on, but what? they're yeah they're like known as like anti God people, and they're not. I I don't know if that's true, but you go and you listen to their tracks and. You listen to the words and you're like, how did I listen to this as a kid? Like, this so this- my mom thought the same thing, too. I remember like, her oh. being like, why are you listening to this? Yeah. Well, so what's cool to me is that, like, everyone knows Blue. Yes. That's why they know Eiffel 65. And that's why it's really cool to watch this documentary. We'll call it the quick little 10 minute thing from Vice. Yes. For me, that's not my favorite song on the CD. No, at all. no, not at all. It's like a fun, catchy song, whatever. But so many other ones have so much depth to them. Whereas Blue is just kind of like yeah. random nonsense. Yeah, it's like it reminds me. Did you guys know Pink? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. You know the song "Get This Party Started." Yeah, yeah. it's like that was like that to that seat. I mean, this is yeah. uh, that was my other one of my other favorite top five, by the way. Okay. <laughs> but it's like yeah, it reminds me. It's like the top forty or like that top forty song that catches everyone's attention but in reality the rest of the like, cd is just so good yeah so many of those songs <laughs> yes. like what's still your favorite today. song yeah so hard what's your favorite on Ooh, there? i don't really know i've made her go back and listen to <laughs> a bunch of them yeah. several times living um, in a bubble is great yeah that violin is just yeah <laughs> uh i'm trying to think i remember playstation was super fun Yes. Just because you got to just sit and name all of these random video games. Yeah. And I was into video games. And so it was fun to just be able to like randomly say all of them. I love that. Oh, I'm trying to remember which ones. I know. No, I know. Now I want to go down this memory lane. I know. If we look it up really quick, I have like. Which one was your favorite then? Living in a Bubble, the one with the violin solo. Yeah. Is that. 
Um, hold on. I have to look up. There's one more. Um, Euro that just pop. hits. Yeah, Euro pop hits really hard. It does. Like that it whole does. thing was just so good. Uh, too much of heaven. Too was, much of heaven. That's yeah. the one that's like people think they're like. Yeah. Double, like, I don't know. What is it like? Too much of heaven will bring, bring you, you underground. Too much yeah. of heaven will something something well they're italian in a very <laughs> yeah. catholic country so yeah. i'm sure part of that was just being criticized by the italian oh public. absolutely especially as like this electronic mm-hmm. weird new whatever coming out in the thousands that yeah. it's just everyone's like what is this yeah literally european pop <laughs> wow. european they call pop it music. euro pop yeah euro pop yeah dirty vegas too do you guys remember dirty vegas I know the name. Days go by. Days oh, go by. Yes. And I still yeah. I think yes. of you. That was also definitely. But I don't. I don't think I know any other tracks by. So by one hitter. So yeah. one hitter. So well, that's I listened thing. to it like two days ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of one hitters that like stay one hitters, yeah. and that's yeah. what's cool about this a docu series. Again, we'll say it a million times, but like. It talks a little bit about that, about yeah. how Blue was just kind of this one-hit wonder yeah. and elevated them to stardom because of this one song. Yes. And then they kind of had this awkward breakup and various other things. But yeah. just the Ooh, that curious. one CD, mm-hmm. I think, was actually really good. Oh, it was mm-hmm. incredible. <laughs> it was phenomenal. I, I, I do. I still listen to it. Yeah. Part of me just like wonders if it was nostalgia is the only yeah. reason I still love it. So it's great to hear someone else yeah. who's like, ah, I'm obsessed with this oh, it's CD still. It's amazing. I well, love we're that. from very different music generations. So yeah. it's really fun when he introduces me. So like, what was the one that you were serenading a little while ago? <laughs> it was uh, Savage Garden. Oh, yeah. Oh. Truly, Truly Madly, madly deep. Deeply. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I haven't listened. I'm going to listen to that oh, as soon it'll as get I you. Leave. it'll I'm, get you <laughs> oh yeah. my god that, that's it's beautiful it's really, really it's beautiful. a beautiful track yeah. it truly is absolutely yeah. i remember my uncle i think it was like my uncle jay really liked that song and played it a lot and i really enjoyed it as a child yeah Soundgarden's great they have other tracks too right i'm trying to truly madly deeply though was like the song yeah i think for me that made me you know attracted to them yeah <laughs> agreed yeah she definitely comes from just a different music background like she was saying like for her yeah, nirvana your... was the mm-hmm. thing nice well i grew up yeah i grew up in the nirvana pearl jam yes. eras and did you to... grow up in seattle yeah 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 and so, so it's like we can kind of comprehend it in some ways yeah. but we don't fully understand it yeah. Yeah. totally totally yeah i grew up with i mean really grew up with like van morrison and Ooh. stuff like that from my dad and then um because he was a like a actual DJ, like a like a radio disc jockey in college, and so he had no this way. insane album collection, oh, and so um and then eight tracks. I loved eight tracks too. Yes, yeah. Something about popping it in and pulling it out was really cool. Oh, that's and then so awesome! My first album was I won from a radio station call in, and it was Heart, which is a local like amazingness, and yeah. then. Um, the first thing I ever purchased myself was Beastie Boys. So I was definitely a Beastie Boys kid. And then when I was in high school is when I found like Led Zeppelin and uh, Nirvana and Pearl Jam and Grateful Dead. And I went to my first Dead shows. Oh, and so like awesome. that was just the, where that was I was at. Thing. Like Stevie Nicks, I saw Fleetwood Mac and Crosby, Stills and Nash at the Gorge when I was 16 years old. And it was... Life changing is amazing. So I've always been obsessed with music. Like I love yeah. all types of music, but yeah. like electronic music just wasn't a 
thing when I was growing up. It totally. was something that I found quite they didn't a bit have later. Computers. Yeah, true. Oh my gosh, I think that's so <laughs> well. I mean, amazing. we had computers in order to play uh, Oregon Trail, but that was yeah. The only yeah type you didn't of have like sound design computers no. and anything that did with these giant mixing boards. No, the amount of time oh I gosh. took making mixtapes is obscene. Where you would record it oh, from the yeah. radio. Record it from the radio. <gasps> yes. You'd wait, and the the DJ would say what songs were going to come yes, on, and so you'd like, get all ready. Yep. Yeah. Oh was, my gosh, I love that. It was cr- the amount of time, though. Like, yeah. I think about it now. I'm like, I was so dedicated. And same thing. Like he gets kind of bored and wants to listen to new. Th- he's always looking for new tracks, new of tracks. Course, of course. I, there's something I love about just hearing things over and over again, yeah. or revisiting things. And I've kind of raised my kids in that way. So whenever we're in the car, they're just belting out things that to a lot of people they would be like why do you even know that song like, <laughs> like they know like you every know stevie nick song and but they're young but they just because they're mama yeah we're brought up <laughs> with like the ballads of, dude that's yeah. totally okay it they is. Have, they it's have great music taste. they do they have very eclectic music taste <laughs> yeah. for sure oh, yeah that's so awesome i think that's great do you still play any instruments or anything you know as i've gotten older definitely i feel i feel like i've lost touch of playing you know playing an instrument all the time and, mm-hmm. and going into this generation of you know electronics and and you know production like on oops sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um production like on a computer and do you know um I feel like when I do get back on a piano though it's it's kind of like riding a bike mm-hmm. like kind of get back on there I'm definitely not as good as I used to be but looking at you know reading music and that type of thing it comes back to you it definitely comes back to yeah. you i feel like maybe with a little practice i could get really back into it again but as of now production i guess going back to production i've ableton is like a huge you know learning curve for me and i've had it on my computer for about four years and i did just put out um my first drum and bass track with one of my dearest and best friends daniel um, he is more, he really helps me navigate. He actually taught me how to play on CDJs and is like helping me learn Ableton and stuff. It's like you're close, you know, people that you surround yourself with. Um, I don't know. I just, I feel so lucky and I feel like we all are learning things from each other. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, music production is definitely, we have lots of things step. to tinker with in here. I, I, the first thing I saw, <laughs> I looked over and I'm like, oh my goodness, this yeah. could be, I could spend hours in here. Yeah, there's gear in here. I don't yeah. have Ableton though. I used to, but yeah. we, we run everything, as you can see, through Logic. Yeah, I've never used Logic before. Yeah. I mean, well, they're he all, could they're teach you Logic yeah, and you could cool. help him produce. Yeah, we could a match do made in heaven. I'll just sit on that couch and blow bubbles <laughs> yeah. as long oh as you gosh. guys need me to. As long, yeah, give us the bubble supply. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All the inspiration. I'm super down um, with Do you mind idea. if I take it to Facebook really quick? There's some great questions sure, on here, unless there's somewhere you want to go. No, not necessarily. Okay. I'll let her look these I asked the question right when you were arriving. Oh, um, yeah. If anybody had any questions for you. Oh. And there's some good ones. Oh. Um, so, Alan O, this one, I mean, I feel I like Alan. so, f- I know, right? I, I, I have you listened it. to our podcast with him? No. Oh, oh, go back a little ways. Yeah, he's fantastic. <gasps> Alan he goes is deep. the sunshine. Yeah, okay. he goes deep. Um, 
I feel like the answer has already kind of happened just by you talking, but yeah. we'll just go with it anyway. Yeah, he yeah. said, what did you do to become so awesome? Or were you just born that way? <laughs> oh um, my God. I feel like everything you've described up until now has definitely made you pretty awesome. Oh, but um, you. do you think there's any specific things that you would attribute to like your sparkly, nurturing, creative vibes? Thank you. Oh my God. I'm like blushing a little bit. <laughs> Thank you, Alan. I love you. Dude, you're amazing. Um, I, I think I would definitely have to, you know, put all of that to my parents and the lifestyle I I was able to grow up in and the life I had and was provided. And, you know, I come from a really caring family and my mother is the nicest woman you will ever meet on this entire planet. She is, I don't even know that patience and the understanding that she has. She is just She's never, I mean, I'm not kidding. She's never raised her voice at me. Like she is the nicest woman. So charismatic. She's, um, you know, this incredible executive, you know, project manager, blah, 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 blowing and really, really brilliant. And, but she'll, you know, she takes time to decorate people's table, you know, their desks for their birthday and makes them homemade cake. And like, she, you know, she always was just, she was so nurturing growing up that I can't, you know, I feel like I can't help but be this nurturing, you know, kind of self. Um, but at the same time, coming from my father, my dad is, you know, he is very old school. He was, a, you know, a little strict and very he military background. Mm. But at the same time, you know, he taught me what self-integrity was. And yeah. he was the one that, dro- you know, really drove that into me and was like, you, you know, if you you know, man in the mirror, if you don't love what you see in the mirror, like what, you know, what is, what are you doing? What is the point? Like you need to do the, you know, doing the right thing when nobody is watching and doing the right thing, even if you're standing alone and having that kind of backbone. Yes. I feel like I have that perfect, like maybe balance between them. And Mm -hmm. I feel really, really blessed for that. And I feel really lucky for, you know, everything they've done for me as well. I feel like I owe it to them. Oh, I can't wait to meet them. I think they would love it. They're going to have to come over. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're neighbors, practically. Yeah, come on over. Uh, Will Hyde says, first for context, that your Playa Tech vibes last Sunday hit me right in the feels. So he said, what was your favorite set that you've played? Who are your biggest artistic influences? And what is your favorite strain of weed? So we had three questions. Okay. Okay. So first question was, sorry, I'm like, what was your favorite set that you played? My favorite set I've ever played. I would definitely, oh, oh. Yes, my favorite set I ever played. I was down in California at this festival called Emissions. And Emissions, it's the West Coast bass and art music festival. It's like this super bassy, I get vibes in the middle of, uh, what is it, Benden or Belden Town or something like Mm -hmm. that. It's a great bass festival. And (coughs) it's put on by, sorry, excuse me, the people who put on Camp Question Mark. Mm -hmm. Um, Chris Kite, I believe his name is. Um, anyways, so we, I was down there with, um, a a group of my friends who were actually, you know, dancing and performing at the festival. And this was before I had ever performed in front of people. This was before my first, yeah, before I ever even like thought about playing on CDJs or anything like that. And PK Sound, um, Cosmo, do you guys know Cosmo? He, uh, no. He's a Mm-mm. also he's a ba- in the bass scene. He works uh, with PK Sound as well, and they're like, "Hey, we're setting up a renegade stage. Like, do you what do you you know? Are you who's who wants to play? Who's doing what?" And I had 
I happened to have a flash drive with me and I had my computer with me and I was like, well, should I just load up a bunch of music on here and just test it out? And I did. I just, I loaded up music and I kind of like built up the guts and went up and, you know, they put me on and I had And no- you played on CDJs? I played on CDJs. <gasps> I had no idea what I was doing, you guys. I had no idea. Like, absolutely no idea. And it was on PK Sound Setup. So it was like, this was blasting through the whole festival. Like, wow. it was like, it was not a joke. And I, um, at the time, I was like a little nervous because I didn't want to tell anybody. I I didn't had never played really on CDJs before, so I was like this little girl going up on this, you know, on this thing, not knowing what I was doing, kind of figuring out this equipment on my own and just going for it. And there were definitely some mess ups. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, there were definitely things that you know, like, well, I really hope no one hears that. <laughs> no one t- mentions that ever again. But, um. By the time I got the hang of it, it really, I don't know, it like built this character inside of me that I was just like, oh, like I can do this. Like, you know, who cares? I'm human. Like this isn't like a, prof- you know, this isn't uh-huh. some professional Seize paid- the moment. Yeah. yeah. Seize the moment and be in the moment. I kind of felt like that was a little bit tiny of like a build to that, you know, my character in, in that. And that was seriously, mm-hmm. it was so fun. I played like ba- from everything from like Bay Area hip hop to like <laughs> bass music to like a little drum and bass. I just kind of went all over the place. And um, that was definitely my favorite little that's I so guess, cool. show I've played. It was definitely, um, it was scary mm-hmm. and it was fun and it was successful and, and you know, time perfect. to be alive. It's perfect. Okay. What was the second part? The second question is who are your influences? Um, Biggest artistic influences. I would definitely say, I don't know. Do you guys know who Matt Lange is? Yeah. Oh, so Matt Lange, actually, Alan and I have, Alan O and mm-hmm. I have this major connection of our love for Matt Lange. He is a multi-instrumentalist, produ- I mean, incredible production, has such an incredible he just, background. Uh, he like just got, I don't know if he got signed he with got Gibson. He got signed with Gibson. Yeah. I saw wow. that today. Crazy. Yeah. I saw that today and I just, um, you know, look at his musical history and his, one of his mixes, it was from his quote, Coda Toronto mix. It's like okay. this two hour long mix that I listened to it over and over in Asia, actually. I, it was like this incredible mix. You guys have to listen to it. And it's just, it's really tasteful. And it's like a mix between like, I guess like it, it's like house, but it's like has some like techno. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's it's just really great. And yeah, it's he's gone even like dark and industrial with his yes. most recent stuff. Yeah. yeah, and I love it. He's just and a skilled musician. He is. He truly is. And um, I think in the past couple of years, he's definitely been a huge influence for me. But um, going back, um, I would definitely say like back in the day, like I also I before drum and bass and anything like that, like I was huge into rock because of my dad and mm-hmm. um, like Allison Chains was a mm, huge, yeah. yeah my bro- I just, my brother is a really incredible um, musician as well and he can play guitar. He doesn't read music. He just can listen and play. <laughs> yeah. So he's, and he's just a genius. He's just so smart. He's good at whatever he does. <laughs> but yeah, Allison Chains was one of the, you know, definitely one of the bands and of course like Led Zeppelin and Pink mm-hmm. Floyd but I remember Allison Chains was a huge influence for me like his voice is just yeah life-changing it's yeah. really really great um 
but yeah I guess like that's for like most recent to like mm-hmm. one of like the first like artists I can remember being like oh my gosh this is amazing yeah and then his third question yeah, is yeah. very typical Will question um, <laughs> what is your favorite strain of weed Ooh, I would definitely say my favorite strain so I'm a sativa queen mm-hmm. um indica's I don't know indica's don't really I don't know they just put me down and make me lazy and make me want to sleep and actually recently I don't I haven't been smoking a lot of a lot of weed I definitely have always been like more of like a stoner chick than I ever was like drinking or anything like that like you know in in high school I always was like the little you know the weed girl or whatever in the corner at the you know smoking the bulls in the corner (laughs) but um I definitely say like green queen is really great it's like a green crack with a space queen and it's just it you know keeps me motivated and you know keeps me social and doesn't make me want to like go hide in a hole and go to sleep and not talk to anybody yeah um yeah I I really like yeah I really like green queen I really like um any like jack herrera or anything like that like that type of strain it's really great so what's been your shift that you don't really smoke too much weed anymore um I definitely you know I don't know I there's times I like I feel like I go through phases where um it it doesn't make me anxious but in a way it just I don't know it just throws me off for my day and Mm -hmm. I just I feel like I have a lot more goals lately and I feel like I have a lot more things that I'm trying to get done and a lot more things I'm trying to do and you don't have the time to just go get stoned I just don't I just don't have the time to get stoned and I just honestly like I don't really want to Mm -hmm. and it's just it's not and I love I you know i I, I love cannabis. I'm a cannabis act, you know, yeah. advocate, but I'm just, um, for me personally at this moment in time, as of like today, I'm like, you know, maybe we'll smoke maybe once if even, and, um, yeah, I've been keeping it pretty chill. Those are my favorite kind of cannabis advocates though, is, are the ones that are using it with a good balance and not just going, Oh, well I'm a weed smoker. Therefore I have to do it all the yeah. time. And that you're really like, being intelligent about the way and why and when you choose it totally because i think it's really easy to to kind of just put yourself into this role of i'm a weed smoker yeah and and i think that's fine but at the same time like being being more honest about it and to help promote it to the greater good and to people who could really benefit from it i think they need to see people like us and like you who it's not your whole life no and that you can take and leave it and 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 be mindful about it and not just like be a little conscious yeah you know when you're you definitely made a big shift with that yeah Yeah. well i mean i will give a couple caveats (laughs) that we have had two people on our podcast this season who it has become their whole life and they've made like a living doing what they do with it. Yeah, absolutely. But they don't necessarily smoke every day all day long. I'm pretty sure Will does. (laughs) Corbin's pretty much stoned all the time too. Oh, I thought you were referring to... um, Different No, I I thought you were referring to um, Skylar who doesn't even smoke at all right now. So, you know, we'll hide and we had him on and so, and he does all this stuff with Leafly and so, you know, he's, and he's the biggest cannabis activist or, (laughs) you know, he advocate, he is just 
all about his concentrates, concentrates, and we went down to yeah. a really cool path with our conversation with him. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome! Uh, and then another buddy we had on who uh, blows out oils for a living. That's awesome. Does all the extraction stuff. Yeah. Um. So, like, yeah. So, I I totally agree with you. Uh, I think it can be easy as a young adult or high schooler to really have weed become your identity. Totally. Yeah. Feel stuck within that identity. Yeah. Um. But I do think it's cool that we have a legalized ability now where individuals can make it who they are and their yeah, job and their yeah, life yeah. without just having to be this uh, almost like addiction to this thing that you really don't get much out of. Absolutely. Whereas, you know, if you can make it your living and you can get stoned all the time and you yeah, like I, think, you. I think like, the point I was you. trying yeah. to make was more so that we just need multiple kinds of advocates. We yeah. can't have just the advocates who that's their career. They do it all day. Mm-hmm. They do it every day. They like, identify smoke, smoke, smoke. as a weed person. Yeah. I think we need to have advocates that are more middle of the road or used to be and now have chosen to become more casual as they've gotten older. Because I think that the public who who looked at weed as a bad thing might take the information differently from different types of people. Yeah, I, I think where she was kind of trying to lead me there and I, I didn't yes. quite, quite follow yes. immediately was that I used to be a huge stoner yeah, uh, and totally. I had my medical card and down in California and coming back up here, like I absolutely love weed as yeah. well, but then yeah, I got yeah. a health issue and yeah. I can't really smoke anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I can smoke like, uh twice a month and i'm okay but yeah, any more yeah. than that and my throat like Ugh. constricts i can't breathe oh, my I'm lungs so get all pissed and i used to have like regular walking pneumonia yeah oh awful. you poor thing Dude, but so awful. but so I, I totally vibe with what she's saying there of having yeah. people who believe in the importance of something mm-hmm. even if they're not your classic exactly. hippie who's just smoking yeah. weed all the time and not doing anything with their lives totally totally yeah. i agree i could not agree more but i think that's just kind of part of growing up a little bit it it's is. nice to be young and have the free time yeah. to get stoned and i used to like want to i used to be like no i like before i'd go do something and be like oh I'm going to the grocery store. Gotta get stoned first. Like, going to the grocery oh. store high is great. Yeah, yeah, it's super great. And then I spent I spend like two hundred dollars. I'm like, oh dang it. You buy stupid shit. You I know. Don't I'm like want. cocoa puffs. I haven't eaten cocoa puffs in ten years. That's my problem. But then it's yeah, or like going. Oh, I'm taking the dog for a walk. Gotta get stoned. Like, I yeah. used to like want to get stoned before I did so many things. Yeah. And now I'm just. You know, it's it's just so funny. I think you're right. It's like it's part of growing up and um, being a little more clear headed, but also just yeah, just <laughs> growing up. We've discovered <laughs> that, we've discovered exactly. now that we don't do it very often. Yeah, when we do decide to be do like a fuck it, let's get stoned yeah. kind of thing, we have to like consciously pick the movie, get it set up, make the snacks first. Yes, because if we do it after, <laughs> oh my god, like. It's like this process, <laughs> and you're like, so oh, difficult. it's so hard. Yeah, it's, it's, so al- it's also it also tends to be we because it's such a treat. Mm-hmm. We kind of have to have a day, and so yeah. it'll usually happen after we've had a long day of work mm-hmm. or something, yeah. or like we've had to get up early and go teach yoga at yeah. something, and then we're like, oh, well, we have the rest of the day off. Holy shit, we never have a day off. Like, like let's all get right, high. Let's watch a movie, <laughs> and we'll both like smoke like the tiniest we little bowl, and it'll be so hot. We sit yes. in bed naked with a <sighs> mong and snacks. You guys are speaking my language. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) 
But uh, it's been a little I love while. that. I um, love okay, that. I have a couple more questions. Yes, I'll get yes. to really quick. So those were all Will. There's no rush. You don't have to be um, Well, I don't know. What kind, of, what kind of day job do you have? Do you have to be up early? Oh, no. I'm okay. totally... You guys are okay. totally good. Okay, good. Yeah. No, you guys are I, I, do, I do want you to answer that question, though. Yeah. What kind of job do you have? Oh, yeah. yeah what's yeah. your day job? Um, so actually, uh, speaking of cannabis, so currently I'm taking care of a full farm. Oh, wow. cannabis. So nice. eight hoods running right now. Uh, just switched over into flower, so I'm nice. kind of like the wow. Yeah, I used to work for uh, this cannabis company, uh, House of Cultivar, and they're seriously yeah. amazing. Yeah. If you've never tried any of their cannabis, if you've never tried any of their oil, anything like that, it's like I think, caviar, I th- incredible. I think weed. Will yeah. was talking about them as being one of his favorites. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that good job, Will, because they are amazing, and I love them, and they are my family. I made so many incredible close connections with all of those people. Um, but, um, yeah, more as of recently, I've kind of taken on my own path and picked up a lot more gigs in music and, um, kind of taking this summer for myself to kind of actually learn a a lot more into, you know, production. Have you guys heard of Patchworks before? Mm -mm. Patchworks is this amazing analog synthesizer store Mm. in Eastlake. You guys should go there. I'm looking at your toys. Mm. I'm like, dude, you guys would love it. It's absolutely uh, amazing. And, my friends Ray and Hannah uh, work down there. Yeah, you should put it in your phone. Um, Ray and Hannah are like, you know, some of the top people that work there. They're really good girlfriends. And recently they have hired teachers on. And I believe one of the teachers is uh, the teacher that used to teach production at Shoreline Community, mm. who's like known for being just this incredible Ableton wizard. But not only that, they brought in other teachers and recently started their own program in music nice. production, like wow. in specified like Ableton, like they're like, tell us what you want to learn and we'll put you with the exact teacher, like the exact person that you should be with. That's Very really cool. cool. Yeah. So it's like this one-on-one type of style because I was really considering going to school for a music production, but I'm like, uh, I suck learning in a big class environment. Mm-hmm. Like I'm such a one-on-one person. Like yeah. my brain, it's just how my brain works. I don't know. And so, um, when I got, when I was, you know, provided with that opportunity or when they, you know, I kind of heard through the grapevine and then contacted them about it. And they, yeah, I think that is honestly probably going to be my, one of my next steps when it comes, you know, to music production this summer That's and taking, really cool. you know, putting more of my time into mm-hmm. that. And I, music was definitely such a side gig for me for so long. I never, I, you know, I never really thought I would be where I'm at with it now. Um, and it's starting to become more of like this kind of main thing for me and so I'm kind of just rolling with it and I'm mm-hmm. like you know I'm just gonna eat. I put more more of my time and effort into myself and something that you know really hits home for me which is of course music obviously very cool <laughs> it's great but um to yeah. skip back to the farm really quick where yeah. is it and what do you do for that because I think that's great since you were raised on a farm and yeah yeah 100 so it's a cannabis farm so yeah. it's a full cannabis farm and it's on a personal property um of our families or um someone kind of within our really close friend group and uh it ba- I pretty much do everything from watering to transplanting I just um cool you know I just took cuttings for clones so I'm trying to um sprout new clones for the next harvest and for the next run and so I'm really learning how to these things are my babies they're my mm-hmm. baby girls and so I'm you know learning how to care for them and learning you know I I've kind of always um 
here and there I've taken care of cannabis plants, you know, at Mm -hmm. different places of my life. And so I had, you know, some knowledge, but now I'm kind of learning like the full spectrum of everything. Like this is pretty much fully my, Mm -hmm. my garden that I'm taking care of. I go in there every day. That's so cool. Yeah. He's definitely into like... <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Green thumb growing things. Yeah. yeah. I'm super into succulents right now. Oh, awesome. Do but you have like a little... Do you have a terrarium or anything? I or? don't have a terrarium. A no, but, I, but I've got, I've <laughs> got some plants. Even better. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to awesome. run you up to the dome yeah. after the yes. podcast and show you. Oh, please do. Um, yeah. Like in college, I remember I signed up for... It was like Marijuana Growers Forum or something. Yes. One of, you know how like sometimes you enter your birthday into something yeah. forever ago? and you still get these emails that say yes, happy birthday every year. Oh gosh, I still get a happy birthday from like a marijuana growers yes. forum from like 10, 12 years <laughs> That's ago. Great. That's awesome. They're still on it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> but so I remember I had this full build out. I was going to like, we lived in an apartment Yes. and we had this little attic above us that wasn't supposed to be accessible. It's like not yours. But, <laughs> but me and my roommate had this full plan and we were going to build a grow room in the attic. Genius. And we like bought all the wood for it. Like I, I wrote out That's a whole amazing. plan for it and everything. <laughs> like and then, and then oh, yeah. And then over the summer, he was just like, uh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. <laughs> He's like, like no. you're like, come on. <laughs> right. It's a good idea. <laughs> it also would have been like totally illegal. We would have been like building it in a place that we didn't own Oops. yeah it was kind of sketch yeah. so it's probably it's okay. smart that yeah. we didn't do it <laughs> but at the end of the day i got a lot of research into what it would take to grow yeah. and did all the research of what the lights i would buy oh my gosh the grow totally. medium and stuff and i love all that yeah it's super interesting there's so much that goes into it that i didn't even realize there's just so many meticulous small things that you have to pay attention to and um I don't know. It's like it's exciting to learn and you see them growing. I'm ser- like I go in there every day and there is a noticeable difference every so day. Cool. It's just like you're feeding these like you're producing life to this. Mm-hmm. You My know? succulents grow too slow for me sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, man. <laughs> but that's why some of the other stuff like we have kale and parsley and and oregano and peppers. I got an Anaheim pepper right now. And every huge. day we're like, holy shit, they're huge. Yeah. Like they're growing so fast. Or all of a sudden to... they're flowering or sprouting yeah. a new thing coming out of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, pretty what? exciting. I, I love it. I can just go out and grab kale whenever we want to make love a salad. That. And there's just seems like never ending amount. Yeah. So uh, cool. Uh, that's awesome. I um, love that. Andrew Hansen has a question. Yes. He said, what cues do you take from the crowd when deciding which direction to go in a DJ set? Okay, that is a good. I love that. Ooh. Okay, we Miss, love Andrew. Misophosis. No, that's yeah. no, no. I really like this. Bitch. Um, you know, so, <laughs> inside joke. We just, sorry, we just spent <laughs> no, an entire weekend totally with him, okay. so we came away with lots of totally okay Andrew. and understandable. Um, so when it comes to so to be completely honest, the first first year I played in front of people, like my first show. The thought of playing music in front of in front of a crowd, it made me want to throw up. I was like, this is this is gonna be awful and scary and I can't talk you know, speaking in front of a crowd is really hard for mm. me and I trip over my own words and I'm like, I can't it's like my phone thing, like talking on the phone. I'm like, I can't can't do this. This is really, you know, nerve wracking and my first year of DJing I used to not even make eye contact or look up the whole time I was playing. <laughs> I would be frozen and I'd be like, you know, just, I mean, like pterodactyl arms, like almost <laughs> like, <"Eat." laughs> and um, 
I, you know, my friends would be so sweet and they'd be like, you know, no, you did really good, but like you didn't, just, you didn't look, you didn't yeah. look, you look frozen. Yeah. Like, are you okay? <laughs> are you sick? <laughs> and um, it really took a long time for me to actually like. I would take a deep breath and I'd be like, okay, look up at one person. Okay, look down. Cool, 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 cool. It's like, so important. Yeah, I think it's, it's so important. It's they so, want to have. They want to engage. Yeah, with you. they want to yeah. because. I mean, you think about it. It's like all those, you know, your favorite performances that I've seen live. Like they are fully engaged with the crowd. Like yeah. you are full on, you Agreed. know, eye contact, dancing. Look, you know, and as of more recently, I feel like as I've gotten more comfortable, and especially like learning how to play on CDJs and. Just kind of building that confidence within myself and being like, you know, you're your own worst critic and people are just there to have fun with mm-hmm. you and they're not there to, you know, criticize and laugh at you. And that's always, you know, I feel like. That's well, and they're looking weird. at you. Yes. Like Directly. everybody is facing the DJ. Yes. So when the DJ doesn't look up and they're yeah. just like, meh, meh, doing yeah. their thing, I'm like, yo, like, hello, like, in, like connect with the people who are literally staring at you yeah like all eyes on you for sure so getting past that and and looking up um I you know I think more yeah I guess it's just like it is that natural connection I feel like once you have you know that confidence and you're looking up at the crowd it's it's not it's like you're you're taking them on that journey and it's almost like you're having a conversation with Mm -hmm. them you know and they're either nodding their head or that you know you start to see more people kind of packing out or coming out of their conversations in the room and looking at you Mm -hmm. and starting to move and starting you know I I definitely go it's I I feel like it's so cliche to say this but like the energy of the room definitely Mm -hmm. and the energy of people like if I'm like slapping down some drum and bass and everyone's just standing there it's like no this is like definitely not the right time to (laughs) to throw down some dnb and it's yeah I guess it is it's body language is huge Mm -hmm. it's absolutely you know huge and then once people are like coming up to you and they're like yeah like great you know great job keep it at that (laughs) Mm -hmm. was there a show that you felt like there was a shift in your confidence level that you can remember um like a positive shift yeah definitely um you know actually well I, now that you asked that though yeah can you tell was there a negative one first that you want to share and then go to the positive oh one? oh my gosh yes definitely <laughs> <laughs> oh i want to hear I that think, first so i think um there i think there was so i remember my first negative shift um i was playing this show and i've definitely like no like no specifics or anything but i was playing the show and beforehand i was at, it was my first show i was going to be playing like on cdjs i had you know gone over to my friend daniel's house and practiced a million times i'm like I'm finally ready to make this transition i'm so ready to play on cdjs like yes making that you know the next step and um I there basically I get there and there was no CDJ set up and I had thankfully brought my controller with me as like a back super backup plan. I was like very last minute grabbed it as I was going out of the house and for some reason it threw me off so bad. I was yeah. like wanted I was like, "Oh, I'm so ready." And then I get there and it was like Oh no, like you like blah blah blah. And it was just kind of like this shift and Enough I had to put you in a funk. I was just yeah. like, wait, am I you know, and it, it just ended up being this like huge misunderstanding and it but I had to run out to my car and I like grabbed my controller and I barely had time to set up and it was like I put everything through record box, but now I'm using tractor and mm-hmm. I didn't put any of my new tracks through the tractor and it was just all this thing and I was like, oh, oh. I just like was like wanting to like rip my hair out and run away and um 
I definitely, it's so funny how it's something so like weird and small like that can just the whole time I was oh, like, so yeah. easy. I'm like, I'm so thrown off. I just felt like that was kind of definitely like a weird little thing for me. And I'm like, okay, next time I'm not going to let this get to me as much. And you know, it's just a growing experience of just mm-hmm. like anything can happen. Anything can ha- literally seconds before you go on stage and start a show and you just have to be prepared mm-hmm. and keep your, you know, keep calm and collected and and just work through it step by step. It's like with that, it's like moment by moment you can work through things. Like you can mess up at one point and then bring everyone back for the rest of the 45-minute mm-hmm. set. Or, you know, it's just, yeah, I definitely, um, that was my most memorable kind of freak out. <clears throat> and then I think for the a transformational moment was when the moment I got to play on CDJs and play on you know, this new, I guess, professional equipment that I, you know, I kind of felt like I leveled up, especially coming from that show right before a couple weeks previous and then getting up there and just slaying it. I felt like I was so connected with the crowd. The whole, I mean, it was, it was the best connection I definitely ever did have, you know, playing a show and playing with the crowd and people cheering. And I felt so comfortable, um, in my own skin. And it was, um, it just felt really good. It felt like this amazing comeback from, you know, that feeling I had had before um, at that previous show. Because I was like, am I going to be tainted forever? Yeah. You know, am I going <laughs> to play bad forever? Like, what's going to happen? What's so, next? What's yeah. next? Yeah. But that's kind of what makes you do better, I feel. It's mm-hmm. like, For that, sure. You know. Yeah, it's funny that Andrew's the one who asked that question and not <laughs> let us hear. Because I, up until about a year and a half ago, always had this not in my stomach every time before a show oh got so nervous yeah. like you know super helpful to have two drinks before you get up there always it just like yeah calms you down and everything but then i opened for sam felt at showbox yeah and andrew actually opened before me <laughs> that was the yeah. first and time we met him that was the first yes. time i ever met him and, and I how was, long ago was this uh it wasn't this last thanksgiving but the thanksgiving before so a year so, and a half yeah, ago nice. and nice. i remember beforehand i was so nervous it was my first time playing showbox and it was a direct <gasps> open slot at showbox <gasps> and it was really cool i was so excited for it but i was also super nervous like yeah. nauseous didn't want to eat like, yeah Um, Oh, of course. Knots in your stomach. And then it was like one of the most fun sets I've ever had. And like, I don't say this in a bragging way. I say it in like, I was, I couldn't believe it was real life. But like, at the end of my set, people started chanting my name. What? It's recorded. He recorded it. it. Yeah, it was insane. It was fucked up. Like, I've never experienced anything like it. I just got chills down my whole body from my neck to my toes. so weird. People just like, Jordan. Stop. You're like, you're like, me? Who? Yeah, Yeah. right? (laughs) Oh, that's so amazing. It was kind of after that was one of those moments of like, why am I so worried about this? Like yeah. you just got to go up and be yourself. Yes. And the more energy you can show of who you are, yeah. the more people will connect with you, even if your mixes aren't great. Yeah. And so I, as not yes, just the wifey, that. but also the person who was in the crowd, the one thing that I think had a huge impact on that shift yeah. was that I had been coaching him for like a year prior to that. <laughs> like you need to interact with the crowd more. Yes, you need yeah. to like... You are Engaged. you are taking them on a journey. Yes. The more you are into what you're playing, the more they're going to be into what you're playing. Like, just fucking own all of it. And yeah, own the he shit did. Out of like, it. we have some pictures of him, and he's just so like, 
Like, I mean, yes. it, was, it was so amazing. Oh, and I think that awesome. was the first time I really saw him. I mean, you see this sparkly, smiley guy. Like, people love it when they see him. Yeah. And he wasn't doing that up there. There was, like, something. There was a disconnect happening. Yes. And so that was the first time I fully saw him, like, there were, embrace that. There like, were times it beginning was a disconnect. Yes. I guess we'll say a few things. One of them was you mentioned like when you were younger feeling like kind of a brat at times where you're like, you know, all it took was something to set you off. Yeah, and then you came yeah. back from this trip and you're like, oh wait, like why am I letting that shit set me off? Yeah. Like, but then you also talked about it having, getting frazzled before the gig and that threw you off. Yeah. Like, all it would take was some little thing to throw me off. And then it would take me having to re-get back into that vibe. Yes. And part of getting into that vibe was shutting out the rest of the world and zoning into my music. Totally. Being like, all right, I'm fucking feeling it. Yes. And it would take, you know, halfway through a set to finally be like, okay, like now I'm feeling good. Now I'll interact a little bit. But like <laughs> yeah. you weren't fully in it by the end of it. Then it was like your hour long set's over and you're like, well, shit, I'm done. No, we're like, wait, asked. I was just yeah. getting into this. Where does that go? I was just getting into it. Yeah. And then so finally getting to that point where it was like, all right, don't let that other stuff freak you out. Even if you're super nervous about it, even if you're, you know, don't have your shit prepared or whatnot, like how can you just let it go Yeah. and just Embrace wing it. it? And it's hard because I'm... I'm extremely picky about DJs yes. who, uh, when the beat's off, yes. <laughs> one of our things this weekend was like, fix it, yeah. fix, fix it. it. You're yeah, like, yeah. But so despite me being super picky about that, you'll listen to your favorite DJs who are playing, other than the people who do pre-recorded sets, but yeah. uh, you'll listen to like some of your favorite DJs and their beat matching is not perfect. Yeah. And they're fixing it and there's different pieces and the phrasing can be off. Yeah. And they go to fix the wrong CDJ and you hear that little <laughs> speed up there, like in the melody. like Totally. Everyone does it. You'll listen to like, like I've been listening to a lot of the Circle ones, the YouTube um Videos where they go to a beautiful location and so somewhere cool. in Europe or something oh, and they film it, it all live. Ooh, Circle it. is this, it's C-E-R-C-L-E and yeah. it's all filmed with like drones and good cameras oh, and they're just wow. filming like big European DJs in beautiful locations playing an hour and a half mix. Dude. And it's amazing and I love it. But like you'll hear it and I was listening to Maceoplex who's like one of our favorite of all time and yeah. Maceoplex was like some of the beats weren't perfectly on like he kept being like off on the phrasing and different <laughs> stuff and I was just like oh yeah even these people who've been doing it forever yeah. and get paid a lot of money to travel around the world to do it they're not perfect about it yeah so why do like i can't let that one transition that wasn't perfect throw me off for the rest of the set exactly and once i kind of like didn't just understand that but really like embraced embraced it, it yeah. and put it into every transition yeah then it started being like okay i can do this and even if one transition is terrible use whatever momentum to build the crowd up in a different way exactly exactly not i completely resonate with that so hard there's actually like i have like three friends that come to my show to my shows and i'll when i think i messed up or when i you know when i hear myself maybe catching <laughs> up with the you know doing everything basically you just said i'll look up at them i'll like give them this face and they'll <laughs> do be to her. he does it to me all the and time and they'll be like are you <laughs> i like get these like deer in headlights like yeah. <gasps> and they're just like you're good keep yeah. going nobody yeah. heard that yeah, there's been times there's times i'll like w bring i'll be like come here like wave them over i'm not even kidding i'll be like did you hear that just to tell them about whatever <laughs> the fuck like, you what? did uh, yeah i'll be like did you like did, did and they'll be like nobody noticed like fuck off his is a little bit his <laughs> is a deer in headlights his is more like this <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> 
Well, it's going to transition and you're just like, whoops, like, fuck shit. that one up. <laughs> well, I'm just going to shut the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring the other song uh, out immediately. I'm like, 90% uh, of the people here are fucked up. They don't... They yeah, they, oh, they're no, just excited. Totally. If you're excited, they're excited. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Oh I God. always have to remember that a lot of the people who are there are not music nerds like yeah. we are. We're, yeah. we're so particular and I'm very like... When I'm practicing at home and I have some friends over and I'm just like, you know, spinning or whatever and... I'll, I'll mess up like that, like how I, you know, like how we were just talking about. I'll just shut everything down. <laughs> I just like, well, I'll, put, I'll pause everything. I'm like, oh, okay, gotta restart, restart the song. You're like, dude, we wouldn't have even noticed if you wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. you're such a nerd. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. like I won't even put out a mix. Yeah. If if I've got a bad transition. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm I need so to picky. Be a little more particular about that. Nah, pe- right. <laughs> people people like it they yeah. like the human yeah. aspect it's, yeah it. exactly it makes you human it makes you yeah. you know and the people who will notice also do what you're doing so they'll have empathy for it yeah so I think that's a big part of it absolutely so they're like oh yeah I get that yeah. yeah and if they don't it's like fuck them whatever fuck off <laughs> <laughs> like we said earlier yeah who was it? I was watching like the I think it was Tale of Us no uh art bat on circle mm. uh-huh. and like almost every transition was just slightly off what? like the most <laughs> tiny little bit off and i was just like no fix you're it. like you're so yeah fix, fix it. it fix it Come fix on. it oh that's so it's funny like almost everyone <sighs> so it's a good just wasn't his day <laughs> i have one more question for you this yeah. is from jonathan katz yes he said what was the biggest challenge that you have encountered in life and how did you overcome it was it, was it a fix-it moment? Ooh. <laughs> the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome in life, I definitely would say, I definitely would say it's, I feel like it is. It's like that self-confidence and being comfortable mm-hmm. in my own skin and with who I am. Um, you know, coming from a background, like I said, I come from a really conservative family. I really do. You know, um, they, my dad and my mom both are like master degree you know, genius, whatever, and kind of lived that American dream lifestyle. And my brother followed along. And I think I was really the first person in my family who really took an alternative route. And um, I I think it was really hard for me to just be full-blown confident with who I was and, you know, just being really honest with my family and being honest with myself and being like, you know, I am a little bit more alternative and... Um, you know, I don't, I don't want to go to school for 10 years and I don't want to be a, you know, not saying they want me to be a doctor or something, you know what I mean? But, but have a more traditional profession. Yeah, exactly. Have a more traditional profession. And, um, I, you know, having that be, you know, being honest, you know, with everyone around me with that and being able to just fully open up and be, you know, who I am has definitely, I feel like, of course, it's probably challenging for a lot of people and, um, being, you know, ever since I made that transition into just like, this is who I am. This is what I want. I've become a lot more successful and confident in that path of where I'm going. And my parents have believed in me, you know, they believe in me and they support me fully. And, um, 
now that I feel like, especially my mom, like lives a little bit vicariously through me and is like, <laughs> so cool. Like, oh, yeah. like, you traveled the world and you are, you know, you're doing this music thing and you're deciding to, you know. Have they seen you play? Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, of course. Oh, my, good. Uh, my mom came, my mom and my brother came to my first show at uh, Timber Room. Nice. And I played like a full drum and bass show. And by the, like, by the middle end of it, my mom was like in the back, like, having a tequila shot with all of my <laughs> friends which she is like such a good she is a goody good wow. angel woman like she's not that's not her norm but she was just having the time of her life and just totally you know um was just kind of let go and you know tries to understand the music and then we have this like uh family chat texting chat where it's like my brother his wife my mom my dad and every time i post like a new music thing or like a picture of like music my mom and dad will always screenshot the picture and send it in a group group chat and be like, cool, you know, cool pick or cute pick or something. So it's definitely changed. Now they're fully, you know, they they fully support this, you know, life um, that I'm living and they see that it makes me so happy. Yeah. It makes me so happy when I was trying to do the whole, you know traditional lifestyle i was very unhappy i didn't i didn't like yeah, what it. kind of jobs did you have um i like i it was more or less you know forcing myself to try to like do business school and yeah. things like that um i always had i had a job i got a job when i was 16 and to kind of get me through high school and college and um i actually moved i i moved out at a really young age so i was pretty much supporting myself by then uh fully completely mm. um i I was still living, you know, close to my parents and everything, but um, I was, like, kind of, like, living outside, kind of, like, back and forth type of thing, so, um, uh, but fully supporting myself, definitely, so I had, like, I was working as a barista, I was, like, 16, 17, 18, you know, all through, through um, high school and college was kind of doing, like, the coffee job thing and then trying to do this, like, business school something something, I guess trying to, you know, figure out exactly what i wanted but in the long run i didn't want any of that shit yeah <laughs> there's lots of those coffee stands along that road mm-hmm. yeah oh totally and i yeah i was, I was gonna was, ask you which one and then i was like oh wait there's it like was 10, in snohomish 000. actually i was yeah. like the hometown barista i knew everybody's everybody and their parents and i knew all the f- gossip because all the parents would come in and trying to remember talk it. shit about so each there's other one, was there's one crazy. called ladybug ladybug oh yeah i think isn't that like a bikini one no oh is that not or maybe it was i think it might i don't know i don't think it was i don't know so i i had an ex-girlfriend that yeah uh, lived in snohomish and she worked at one right there in snohomish oh ladybug and snohomish might not i think of that i think uh yeah there's a cathcart or something yeah there is but that's what i yeah that's kind of what i did there's, there's one in cathcart that's like new it's called highlands or something like that oh Oh, Highlands, uh, that's the neighborhood, I think. I, Highlands is the neighborhood across the street. It's in on Cathcart Way. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we're going super Sorry. <laughs> no, we're, not, <laughs> no, we're, no, we're good to going super deep because I know exactly where you're talking yeah. about. I think yeah. that might be like a neighborhood or something. Okay. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that was kind of like my side thing. I like kind of did like it was like a side job I did until. Do you drink a lot of coffee? Um, oh, I used to be so addicted to coffee, yeah. you guys. Like, disgusting. I, I would have a hard time working somewhere like that because I would just oh. want to drink espresso all day. Oh, all day, every day. I was, like, seriously, I was Well, and you have to be there at, like, 4 a.m. Yeah, totally. It was, there was days where you would work, like, you know, open to close, like, a f- whatever. Good money, Such though. A, it was good money. For my mm-hmm. age, especially, like, 16, 17, 18, yeah. I was like, 
woohoo, like this is like great compared yeah. to you, and you know. And you get to know everyone in the mm-hmm. town. Oh, I the knew people that come through the hot goss. I knew all of the gossip between all the parents and everything because I was the hometown like espresso girl. Mm-hmm. Like I was, the people would come in and you're. I feel it's. I don't know if you guys ever get this, but. I have had a lot of people, especially like when I was that age and, you know, 2021, even and working at these coffee stands where I would see people every day and like see you like grow, you know, people who are twice my age and they would just like spill the beans, like spill their whole entire life. And in the middle of it, they'd be like, I have no idea why I'm telling you this. (laughs) That's This is so weird. And I, I always would be like, it's totally okay. Like I, I, I don't know if I give off this energy where it's like, I'm like, that's okay. Yeah. I'm totally like, please, you know, please vent, like, please, mm-hmm. you know, if you, I, I'm not going to tell anybody, mm-hmm. like, you can confine in me, but it was funny because I always would get people who'd be like, I am telling you my whole entire like existence and I don't, I don't know really why I got into this. And P- people need see, a therapy. way to vent. Yeah. yeah. You're yeah. a therapist slash barista. Yeah. <laughs> I was okay with it. I've always it. had that. Yeah, right. In my life, yeah, yeah. yeah. People are like, I don't know why. I can it just... works well for the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. Spill those beans. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was always kind of somewhat similar. People always like to confide in me with yeah. stuff, and then I met her, and she was a personal trainer, and people would like next level her. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I had to learn some strong boundaries. And, yeah. I was like, I cannot take on all y'all shit. Yeah. I it's emotionally to... draining. Yeah. And that's where she's had to be really good yeah. about like kind of boundaries yeah. with people. Um, cause I, I, like we said earlier, I started the podcast cause I just wanted to talk to people. Yeah. Like I wanted to have a, a kind of a sight line back into the past and be able to communicate with more people. And I kind of wanted to do it solo and it was going to be my project. And then yeah. as her and I kind of got deeper and deeper into a relationship, it was like, oh shit, people like myself included, want to tell her their life story. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's helpful in a podcast scenario where people are like, yeah. get to know who they are and more about them. And you don't have to really like pull. They just start They're giving like, it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, like here's it, opening the chest. Completely. Well, and I'm yeah. very action oriented <laughs> yeah. and he gets pretty hung up in logistics. So this was a goal for him for a long time that I was like, all right, like yeah. how much more research are you going to do? How much more equipment are you going to buy? Like when yeah. are you gonna just going to fucking start? Yeah. And so I think just do it. it's like growing Take weed. Action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bringing me on board was kind of the catalyst to be like, oh, we're just going to start. Yeah. And if we need to tweak things or change things along the way, we can. But like, let's just start. Yeah. Um, and I think awesome. we're really good influences on each other in that way because yeah. I I'm I'm ready to do things and he's the well let me like let's look into this let's research this let's make sure that you know we're thinking about all and then and I'll do that and I appreciate that and he reminds me to do that but I'm also like we're not gonna get paralyzed in this either like (laughs) let's move forward I love that that's the perfect that's an amazing balance I like I admire that a lot if it was up to her, we'd be using shitty, cheap microphones. <laughs> and if it was up to me, we the podcast would have then. never existed. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yes. have got it started. Dude, yeah. meeting halfway, I love it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm pretty, I'm sort of the aggressor. Like, I'm usually the one that reaches out and, like, asks people and yeah. books it and, yeah. like, does all the organizing awesome. where he's a little, not, like, it's hesitant, she's good at. but, yeah. Yeah, totally. He's a little bit more hesitant to, like be like hey, hey come, so come yeah. yeah or i'm like hey come that's awesome this. no that's so yeah. great i've really even excited. had her kind of be my manager yeah and sometimes yeah. with music related stuff yes. I'm like thankfully right now everyone you're working with is fantastic but like there's been times where he's worked with people that i don't really i have 
challenges with so i'm a little bit more like hey let me take the reins so you actually get paid and you actually know what's going on and um, i think in general though now that you're working full-time it would probably be good if i kind of went back into that role just so that you don't have to stress about the little details you can just find your music and play and yeah i love that so yeah, I do have another question regarding DJing. Yeah. First of all, yes, yes. how do you pronounce your DJ name? Oh, it's Ase. Oh, what? <laughs> Everybody says it wrong. I, you know, I actually have been coming to learn about that. I didn't, you know. I, I had no idea. I yeah. just thought it was Ace. Yeah, it's Ase. Ase. So the, the accent above the A, uh-huh. which I've noticed has been like a, sometimes is missing from yeah. like some of the flyers and stuff. And it, it's really actually like what makes the name what it is. Um, and I've like been trying Gotta to lay learn. down the law. Yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to learn. I'm like, hey, like if you need help, like putting that accent in, I can send it to you via email. Yeah. Um, because it, it, it does like what it kind of is, what like makes my name what it is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I actually I recently had somebody come up and say, oh, like Ace. And I'm like, it was my first time I had to be like, oh, it's actually Ace. Like I had no idea people were kind of like. You know, full, you know, fully, everyone is. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. yeah. So it's Ase, the A with that little, um, that little dot mm-hmm. above it. It's the A. And so what does that a. mean? And where did so, it come from? Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, I feel like picking a DJ name is really hard. By it the way, is. So, no, yeah. it's, it's super hard. Like mm-hmm. I, I honestly was about to just call it go by Alyssa Marie. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like whatever, you know, that's, I mean, I switched from having a cool name just to Jordan Goff. Cause yeah. it's just too much at times. Yeah. You yeah. know, I've actually really considered doing it Mm -hmm. i've really really considered just going back to my middle my first and middle name um i haven't really made that you know decision or switch yet because i feel as of recently i've i've gotten a lot more bookings and i'm Mm -hmm. like i feel like i'm maybe known as this persona now so it's um but i'll say so that that accent it's a nordic accent so i'm i'm very like i said into like my norwegian kind of scandinavian heritage and Ase is like one of the, so she's one of like the Nordic goddesses Ooh. in, yeah. I knew it. Ooh. Yeah. And um, God, if I remember correctly, it was like goddess of the obscure. Is that with, that's like the exact way that they like described it. So she was like more of like one of the darker, you know, darker goddesses in the Nordic mythology. And I, at the time I'm like drum and bass, DJ bass, you know, I kind of was going with like that whole darker persona. And I was like, I wanted something with an A at the beginning, too. You know, I was like, okay, I kind of want to keep it along Mm -hmm. the same lines of um, of my name. But at the same time, I also want it to be, you know, like like, cool DJ name. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I just wanted something maybe Nordic. I wanted something definitely like with a Nordic accent of some sort. But I also wanted it to be simple. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, it's not so simple because oh, I think it's fantastic. Don't change it. You okay. just have no. to you have to rock it. Okay. Now. So do you yeah. have a website or a Facebook page or anything? I have a Facebook page, but I'm just honestly, I kind of suck at social media. Yeah. pretty bad. I like, would make a one page. Sorry, yeah. I'm just like my no, brain give really advice. No, tell me. I, I need... would make a one, fuck Facebook. Yeah. Um, I would do a one page website yeah. where it's just a landing page, but yes. on it somewhere, I would have that picture or have someone re rework the picture of that nordic goddess and just like talk a little bit about the origins and just be like 
really front and center with it so that people respect the name know how to pronounce it and like really understand what's going behind it because i think it's a fantastic name thank you yeah oh i think it's a great name that's why i asked you about it it's gotta be i like it way more now that i know how to say it thank you yeah. yeah yeah and then the I think one of the big things is just going to be getting that word out to people mm-hmm. that that's how you pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's easy to either, you know, it's, it's, it's okay to correct people in the moment, but yeah. it's also kind of cool to make some sort of like a, a PSA post yeah. like on your that's Facebook, what I was yeah. like posting a mix and being like, okay, here's how you pronounce it. And you can even like phonetically spell it. Here's like, the story yeah. behind the name. This is yeah. how you pronounce you it. I should put it at like the beginning of the mix or like say it on or like, Ooh, so or like type can, it or something. I was going to say type it, but you oh, can totally okay. do it in a mix. We One were thinking friends, just like when you share the mix on Facebook, you oh, do a yeah, post, yeah. So, but you could do it in both. So that way so it's already somewhere. I had totally uh, yeah. do you know anthony samaha you you might not he's he's in kind of a totally different scene yeah that uh, but he's a good friend of ours who's been on the podcast and he's a great producer nice uh but he put out a mix somewhat recently where he told a story mm-hmm. and he does a lot of this really cool artistry type Ooh. stuff and he told a story of the moon and the tides and how it was like he like created this story about the two of them and had a friend help him write a poem about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm kind of going deep. But he then hired someone on Fiverr to read what he wrote as the poem and to have that intermixed into like the first song in his mix. It's and so it could be kind of cool God, for yeah. you to like find whatever the story is yeah reframe that story and then either read it yourself yeah. I, you can use my yes. microphone Ooh, equipment if collab, you want yeah or you can you know spend ten dollars on fiverr and have someone just read it and send you the file yeah but it'd be kind of cool to have that at the beginning of like a drum and bass like looped Ooh. chill part and then have it just like start oh. getting into the mix i love this yeah and so that's yes. a way that you can like, tell the story funny. of what you're doing yeah. and then also add to it you know a little facebook write up where you can be like hey it's yeah it's I'll awesome. say. <laughs> i love that yeah definitely yeah thank you because you've taken the time the thought and the energy to make something really special so i would lead lead with that yeah for sure just for be, sure it's like it comes back to kind of like the confidence in your own skin and mm-hmm. i feel like that's something that i'll just it's just i feel like still a growing thing and mm-hmm. you know being confident in this like new artist kind of spotlight type of thing it's it's really new for me and yeah but now that you're there you gotta start <laughs> yeah. gotta capitalizing on yeah. what you're doing yeah do you have like a logo or anything yet no i actually i've been working with well i was i have previously been working with a friend spencer and he is someone that i actually met through my friend daniel the one that um i produced that drum and bass mm-hmm. track with he has this super talented friend who's insanely good at like um at graffiti style art Mm. and I kind of shot some ideas out at him and we've kind of you know have worked back and forth a little bit and that is something I'm definitely considering like his art is amazing and well he, and to take like the nordic goddess yeah. with, a, with a urban graffiti style right? and merge oh it together thank you thank you so, so sick i right? love that oh, idea thank you so yeah. much i like i've I been have, really into drawing lately so my brain's yeah. like oh, that'd be really cool and i would still make it yeah. like a little you know like a little bit girly side like a little mm-hmm. bubble poppy electric mm-hmm. kind of like but nice. like just like a little like con- like graffiti yeah like kind of badass yeah you know and um so that's something I did, de- and I, I I want to put that as a logo. I, I was looking at that more of like stickers and things mm-hmm. like that, and 
maybe I could do like a black and white transfer into a logo. But logo is like a it's my next big yeah thing yeah. That we I'm have like our standard on. logo, and we've done stickers with it. But I think it's fun to have a sticker that's different from your logo. Yeah, so like that's kind of where my brain is right now. It's like yeah. okay, we have our logo, but I want something like some fun stickers to give out yeah. that have more of our personality somehow exactly. in it. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Exactly. Do you have any like big goals? It doesn't have to be music related, yeah. but just like anything you're looking forward to that you're trying to accomplish right now this podcast has definitely become a catalyst for people to the point that some of the things are happening even before we put it out into the public it's crazy like like manifest manifesting a little bit words are spells yeah (laughs) um you know definitely i would i would have to say big goals for me it's just music production taking that next step reaching out like i said patchworks and ray and hannah and reaching out to more one-on-one um workshops and and classes and building more of a name for myself and you know putting myself more out there and being like I said the confidence and the confidence to put these projects out there that I've been working on and um to kind of take that next step next step forward like kind of like how you are just taking the next step not thinking about it too much you know dealing with the trial and error as it comes versus mm-hmm. thinking about all the what ifs before mm-hmm. and um yeah taking that artist to the you know i guess yeah my artist to the artistry to the next level yeah so do you want to become known more as a producer that does some djing is that kind yeah. of yeah oh yeah okay. definitely my at my goal i would love to play like a full live set on a full live set on Ableton with, you know, analog synthesizers and all these different instruments. And Wait you guys, till you see the circle yeah. sets. And then you're going to be like, I want to do it there on a mountainscape yeah. with fucking drones on flying around me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just, yeah, incorporating, you know, um, just building my skill and incorporating, you know, all different instruments and different, a lot. I also, I'm, I love collabing with people, like mm-hmm. just jamming sitting and jamming on different instruments and synthesizers and stuff like that just doing more live sets and doing a full live set i want to do a full like do you know brian becker i do know brian becker i don't know him should hit him super well but i do know i definitely we have like definitely had encounters you guys should vibe together does he out is he super into that all of that type of stuff he's um he's super into like theatrical trailer production and stuff oh. he's so him and alan O, I think have mm-hmm. done some stuff together and then him and alex hankins are oxymoron Ooh. they'll be at um apog with us <gasps> but yeah so brian's he knows what he's doing yeah in in music production Skilled. stuff that's awesome but he likes to you know tinker around with synths well and i feel like stuff. to go when you get your stickers ready and when you get your whole like uh story ready i feel like he could bring this like cinematic weaving into that song that yeah. is going to share your story of who say is i yeah. feel like he could really help you find that like epicness to the way that that song should be totally or, or that Ooh, i haven't shown Ooh. you uh brian and uh connor 
finished up oh, their intro. Oh, really? Faraday? Yeah, so they worked together on that intro for APOG. Have you heard about APOG? I was invited to play APOG and I had to turn it down because I'll be in New York. I know. I I didn't tell him. I saw the original. I'm I'm the planning crew and I saw the original and I was so excited when I saw your name. And I think I asked you about (sighs) it and then they were like, no. Yeah, yeah, I actually saw you interviewed them. um, Yeah, yeah. Was that the last 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 one? Yeah, Yeah. last week. And yeah, I was the last person. Alan O, of course, bless your soul. Love you, dude. Um, he was the one that connected me with them. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I am getting you on this lineup. Mm-hmm. Please, like, trust me. Just come. So come fun. do it. And I talked on the phone and um, I got the date and I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, I am going to be I'm literally going to be in the middle of my new york my new york trip and i was i was devastated i was honestly i was looking at flights home i was like is there any <laughs> is there any way i can i can fly home it's early gonna for this? keep growing it's yeah. gonna it'll be back around yeah but yeah it, so it's, next, year, next year next year yeah next year <laughs> but yeah they wanted me to play some drum and bass so mm-hmm. i was like yeah. okay i'd love to <laughs> yeah it's a pretty sweet festival but i'm excited for you guys i can't wait to come next year yeah. yeah, sounds fabulous, and they sound like incredible people. Oh, so yeah. they're so, so nice. Yeah, they for are. Sure. Yeah, the reason I brought all that up is because Brian and Connor Faraday uh, put together like a little intro that they're <gasps> going to premiere at the beginning, like the opening of the <gasps> stage at APOG, yes. and he just sent it to me today, and it's really mm. cool. Is it good? Yeah, and Brian <laughs> just has this really cool thematic Way. builds, and yeah. Um, Has Evan heard it yet? Or no, no. Oh, cool. No, it's not going to get aired by anyone. I can't wait to hear. Oh, they're not even going to preview it before. No. Oh, good. That's even more exciting. (laughs) Oh, I get this. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) yay! That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking this time to chat with us. I think it's been so awesome, and I feel like this is one that I would love to revisit if we can. I would love to. It sounds like you are on a pretty rapid growth spurt <laughs> so i think it'd be really cool to yeah. revisit and see where you're going with it all part two yeah i would love to it was such a pleasure you guys this is such a cool space too yeah. well, such a cool you. podcast thanks i can't wait to listen over again too yeah <laughs> that's my favorite part i'm like <laughs> i listen to every single one we yeah oh I totally it. totally it always makes me smile and laugh and yeah. think and um sometimes Her- cry yeah it's yeah like, it's been jade's cool. made me cry yeah, totally. He's a love bug. Yeah. Well, any last bits you want to <laughs> let people know? Maybe yeah, where to find you, you on social media yeah, or whatever. Um, I, I've never done this before. I'm like, <laughs> WWW. <laughs> yeah, my SoundCloud is just, it's Alyssa Marie Hovde, A L Y S S A M A R I E H O V D E. And that's it. It's just my full name, pretty basic. Um, Facebook, I do have. Um, a DJ page that's connected to it. I definitely need to work on it. Don't judge me. <laughs> but it's it's totally connected to there. And then my um, my Instagram is Ase Music. So it's A-S-E underscore music and then underscore after the music as well. Nice. Yeah, you've got that's... some good drum and bass mixes up there. Ah, thank you. Yes. Nice. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. Yeah. I look forward to coming back. Alrighty. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Bubbles. (laughs) Never use your safe word, bubbles. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift Podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide.